0: This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by our amazing Patreon backers. If you head on over to patreon.com forward slash duckfeed.tv, you can join the Legion. Um, Most exciting to me is that we have opened up a Slack channel. Um, So if you give us $2 or more per month, which is a pittance, um, you can join us on this really fun chat room with uh, tons of cool fans, really cool community, and uh, tons of access. So that is patreon.com forward slash duckfeed.tv. Um, more cool things are coming down the pike or pipe, whichever one it is, um, as well. So, uh, whatever one of those things, uh, it's coming down the boat. Gary Butterfield.
1: My name is Cole Ross, and you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro video games podcast. Yes, and this week we are talking about the demo for Metal Gear Solid Two: Sons of Liberty, which was developed and published by Konami for the PlayStation Two in the summer of 2001. Yeah,
0: and th- this is one of the most um, like kind of famous or lauded demos, I think, yeah. in game history. Um, like more so for like you haven't seen this kind of thing since pc game days right like as far as value and kind of anticipation like this is shareware levels of hype
1: yeah this um, is like it's been enshrined in the demo for the stanley parable
0: yeah 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 it, this is a famous demo which is just kind of a weird weird thing to say but it, it's true um and it came with
1: a game called zone of
0: the enders
1: now yeah. um and it's it feels weird kind of introducing this because i mean metal gear solid 2 uh, it's it's a sequel to one of the most popular PlayStation 1 games of all time, right? You know, we covered this back in, you know, 2012, and I hope we can eventually sometime down the line cover Metal Gear Solid 2, because I love this game a lot, and playing the demo really reminded me of how much I do like it.
0: it it's funny, because it reminded me of how much I liked it, but then also, like, we'll we'll talk about it when we get to our final wrap-up thoughts. Yeah. Um, kind of, but there is, part of me, I just had that thought of, like, man, imagine a game where you, like, I like the ending of Metal Gear Solid 2 a lot. Mm-hmm. Imagine a game where the middle part was you being snake in a variety of different environments mm-hmm. rather than that fucking tanker, like <laughs> the struts thing, which I just even, plant, even I like Metal yeah. Gear Solid 2 a lot as well. Mm-hmm. But that middle part I think is environmentally really boring. Yeah. Have you, uh, have you played Peace Walker?
1: I have not. I recommend it. It's exactly what you're looking for. Yeah,
0: that's cool. Like I'm I'm interested. What system is Peace Walker on?
1: Uh, it's originally PSP, but uh, it is in the PS3 version of the, or the and the 360 version of the HD remake.
0: Cool. Yeah, I wonder if
1: um, since it's originally for PSP, I wonder if I can download it. Maybe Um, it it might be it might be in the Acid Pit where you oh, just can't shit. get a hold of <laughs> yeah. it's, it's down it's down there with acid and with uh um a oh gosh crisis core with awesome yeah. games that you can't get a hold of legally
0: fucking man, man! like i i've gotten so close to buying an old fat PSP just to play <laughs> Metal Gear acid
1: yeah
0: um so uh, in this game um you know it doesn't need an uh, introduction but so you play a snake and um this is just a small kind of cross section of the game introducing the controls and the new kind of camera and 3d Um, from the from the first game Um, you're sneaking through a tanker and uh, you know that there's a new kind of metal gear on this tanker Mm
1: -hmm. and it's just a it's a showcase of the first person mode and their ability to kind of keep track of the state of different physical materials and uh, we're going to take you through the whole demo here um, uh, which takes place in the tanker chapter of the main game um, and kind of highlight the things that were just kind of like especially for me at the time where it's like holy shit games can do this
0: yeah, it's really, really impressive. Like, this was the kind of demo, like, I played this demo over and over and over oh, to God. do all of the things, and, like, I was looking, doing some research, and there's all these articles that are, like, 40 things to do in the Metal Gear Solid 2 demo, <laughs> you nope. know, 50 things you didn't notice. Like, it is really, really detailed. What's interesting is this uh, 3D engine that they, they used for this, and Control Scheme was so popular that they actually went and retrofitted the first game mm-hmm. with it through the, um, the Metal Gear uh, Twin uh, Snakes. Twin snakes. Yeah. Which has a lot of problems, mm-hmm. but is, you know, you can play Metal Gear one with these controls. Like they, yeah. you know, you had, you had the sense that they just kind of like, we, we got it. Yeah. You know, like th- this is, this is our thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so it begins um, with this monologue. Well, first it begins with this kind of a uh, uh, cinematic of a snake walking along a bridge in the rain. Yeah. And it's really, really like atmospheric and, and pretty cool. <laughs> You're smoking and uh, you eventually you throw off your rain jacket and turn on your stealth gear. Yeah. And then run and do like a huge like a uh, bungee cord, <laughs> yeah. like bungee
1: jump off this bridge. And because it's a Kojima game, there actually is a name for the kind of jump that he's doing, kind of similar <laughs> to the high altitude, low opening jump that he does at the beginning of Metal Gear. So there's some kind of like weird modified base jump in order mm. to deploy like this. But, he, you know, it goes wrong. He bangs up against the side of the ship and it and it shorts out his stealth, his stealth unit. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. um, which is you know kind of like it has to that has to happen. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know um. So Ocelot is is watching you mm-hmm. at this point, and uh and and he has both his hands, which is weird, and <laughs> and he's just kind of like our oh, man has made it, you know, yeah. portending like the weird like when we played Metal Gear Solid, um, we talked about this, but I don't think anybody really anticipated until the end that Revolver Ocelot would be so important. Right, it's really, it, in. In retrospect, it's kind of a weird choice. Still, mm-hmm. even though it's been kind of crammed in, but it is—it does feel like this kind of a like a—it feels like a TV tropes thing, like ascended secondary or something like that, <laughs> like
1: ascended fanon yeah. that, that, he's, be, <laughs> that he's become. Yeah, I just he—he he played so you know, he—he was kind of the the right hand man to mm-hmm. uh, to Liquid, you know, but uh, just he—he he, he occupies just such a small space. Yeah. In the first game, a little bit, you know, at least in terms of, you know, it's really not until after the credits that you realize what he, you know, the the, the importance there, and he's crammed in slash is kind of like interwoven and everything else out there. I I kind of wonder if he is somebody's favorite in the cast. That's what it's, I think too. That's why
0: yeah. that's, that's why I think he's a Sunday fanon. The, um, <laughs> um yeah.
1: also uh, because this is the demo and they hadn't really localized it. Usually, that's something that happens towards the end of development. Um, all the dialogue here is in Japanese. Um, so you're going to be uh, kind of like reading it through subtitles and uh, hearing it how it sounds over there. And 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 Otacon does not sound like such a weenie. <laughs> Christopher like, Randolph like, is a saint. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the um, I love this uh, this Kodak conversation you have with him, um, mm-hmm. because it has my favorite detail that's ever been in a Metal Gear game. And we talked about this in the other in the other episode, too, but Mm -hmm. how uh, every country group and dot com has their own metal gear, (laughs) which like the idea of Zappos being able to deliver a metal gear to me. (laughs) In three days or, or shipping is free. Well, they would, they, they like would, my
1: favorite thing, they would use the Metal Gear to deliver it. I mean, we're not that far off with Amazon's drones and stuff.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah. Did you, um, I put on Twitter, did you read that article, that Amazon thing today? No, that uh, just to date this uh, podcast. We're recording this on the 15th. Um, there's a Wall Street Journal or Wall, uh, New York Times, rather. Yeah. Um, Amazon article about just the nightmarish conditions mm-hmm. of working at Amazon, but the white collar workers. So, like, it, it's already part of the story. We know that. They just, you know, they parked literally like parked ambulances outside their 100 degree warehouse to take away workers if they died from heat stroke. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the kind of super villainy we're dealing with here. Um, But then their white collar workers, like their business culture is super, super weird and cultish Mm -hmm. and miserable. Like it just sounds like the worst possible thing. You should read the article because it reads like fiction.
1: Yeah.
0: It doesn't read like a real thing.
1: Yeah, that's that that's why the drive is to employ yourself, god damn it. Yeah. <laughs> like don't don't do it. Don't go for Yeah. It. Don't go uh, in for that. No, it's a yeah. that that explains the Twitter exchange I saw too. I thought yeah. you answered it the right way.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: The um <laughs> yeah, so so every dot com, Amazon has their own metal gear. Um but the big <laughs> thing here, the the big kind of takeaway is that it's amphibious. It's an amphibious anti metal gear vehicle.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, it is a metal gear meant to destroy other metal gears. So again, the arms race is progressing. Yes. Yeah. Um, and this tanker is, you know, controlled by some Marines, right? This is the U.S. government, you know, ostensibly taking this out to the middle of the ocean to run some test operations. And Snake and Otacon are part of a kind of a U.N.-recognized uh, uh, kind of like NGO called Philanthropy, which is specifically against me- or for Metal Gear deep proliferation.
0: Yes. Which, which all makes sense. Like this is as as kind of a nuclear uh, uh, metaphor. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a thing that would happen. Yeah. You know, there, there are similar things that are just about nuclear disarmament. Um, You're on the bridge. You're just kind of waiting, and you're introduced to your, your gear. Um, You get the tranquilizer gun mm-hmm. here, and this is where they introduce, like, this first-person aiming, which is so key. Because <laughs> the effectiveness of the tranquilizer gun depends on where you hit enemies. Yeah. Um, And he tells you this, and it ends up making a huge difference. Like, it kind of it reminded me of, and it's been a long time since I played it, but it reminded me a little bit of, like, Resident Evil 4. Mm-hmm. And how that changed from Resident Evil three to four or code Veronica to four, yeah. and being able to aim makes such a big difference in this kind of like slow action
1: mm-hmm. you know genre, yeah um it, and
0: it's just really really huge
1: yeah and it and it changes it makes it makes certain interactions more tense, even though it does give you the you know the ability to more readily go into first person gives you a better understanding of the way the three d world fits together, Yes. you know because Metal Gear Solid One is effectively just a two d game.
0: And that's that's really noteworthy because when you go back and play Twin Snakes <laughs> um with the first person, it's very easy. Yeah. And it was it's because it wasn't designed around it. Mm-hmm. Like you are essentially cheating when you're <laughs> playing, you know, twin snakes. Um like doing a camera hack.
1: Yeah. So. Um and the way that they show you this too, like you're just you know Oticon's giving you a little a little bit of a walkthrough, but it's not saying now press square to do so and so. It's just Snake just testing it out and firing it to make sure it still works. And you, yeah. get, you get to see the whole the whole loop of the way it goes. You get to see him aim and shoot, points out the laser sight, which just blew my mind.
0: Yeah, super <laughs> super super cool. Yeah. Um, you have uh, some other stuff with you. You have your cigarettes, um, which you know Snake. Uh, you <laughs> I bet your... you haven't read the Surgeon General's warning. Yeah, <laughs> <Don't>. <laughs> yeah, he's you know he doesn't need you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love how Snake looks here too because these graphics are really mind blowing at the time. Oh yeah, but and Snake still looks good and like bodies look really good, but his face is really weirdly is like really like drawn. Yeah, his his cheekbones are too sharp. Hmm. Um, for my taste. Yeah. And, and his
1: and his mullet is more pronounced, like in Metal Gear Solid One. They cut it off because fuck rendering that as he yeah. runs around. But yeah. here, you know, it's it's you know it's full shine and glory. Like somebody's been mixing eggs in with his with his wet food. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> He's best in show.
0: Yep. Um, yeah. Man, like a Metal Gear, the like the the West Outer Haven Kennel Club. <laughs> Metal Gear,
1: show. just do like a Metal Gear version Snake. of like Neko Atsune, where you just get cats that yeah. uh, that are modeled after Metal Gear characters.
0: Yeah, and just try to try to increase their coats. Ooh, the pain is dressed in a bee costume. Yeah. Oh God, it's <laughs> so <laughs> adorable. So, cute. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, the the important thing here is that these are Marines, um, not you know, not terrorists, not genome soldiers, <laughs> and not for long. Yeah, well, it's funny because it, it sets up that gameplay wrinkle, like don't kill these people and then immediately just watch them all die brutally yeah. because um some like sam fisher's sam's fisher like yeah. come in and murder them yeah. attorneys we... fisher yeah yes yep
1: uh yeah. come in very startling like blood spray like just straight yeah. up like it looks like like if this was any more like a sp- sprinkler a bunch of kids would run and jump through yeah
0: it. yeah um so you, so you see them do that, and you, you don't do anything because you're just one man. And eventually you see the leader, and, and he's Russian, mm-hmm. um, which you know by his haircut, and then he puts on a, a Russian hat. <laughs>
1: like new Ushanka, yeah.
0: Yeah, he does that little dance, and then he pulls out a nesting doll, and then, like, plays March of the Volga Bokman, like, <laughs> over the PA, just to make sure, you know.
1: Um, and, well, I mean, because of the uh, because of the Honda Accords, you know? Oh, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, international law says they have to do that. Um <laughs> um also i love the uh, i love the beat where it zooms in on snake's ear as you hear the uh the helicopter like a a kamchatka or a Kashenka or whatever see i'm hearing yep Um, (laughs) gosh i love snake i love how hyper competent he is but those little details are just like yeah beyond belief
0: very funny especially in this game like this Mm -hmm. is this is where they you know kind of the 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 height of them building that up before they start tearing it down Mm -hmm. and specifically the demo yeah, you know, like this is the beginning of them tearing down Snake. Uh huh. So if you look at the arc of the series, um, I still have not played the entire series, but from what I have and what I understand, yeah, I um, mean, kind of really see it here. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, so you're a little loose on the ship at this point. Um, you don't have to spare these people, but you just have a tranquilizer gun because you were just thought you were going up mm-hmm. against military. Yeah. So you're you're arguably under armed. Um, the uh, there's a lot of neat things you can do here.
1: Yeah, like stunt
0: verbs that you have. They're not <laughs> yeah. that useful necessarily, but it's awesome.
1: Yeah. So like when you take somebody down, like if you decide to choke them out, which I do just with reckless <laughs> abandon, like it's that horrible mad TV sketch where Will Sasso <laughs> is uh, is is what's his name from under siege. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like the, the bodies don't disappear. They don't just flash away like a Metal Gear Solid one. So you have to do something with them. So, you know, there are these gates on the side of the ship where you can just drop the enemies off. Yeah, you, you drown them.
0: Yeah. Like that that's what you do with the bodies. And it, it's it's the right thing to do. And later you get an actual <laughs> gun so you can shoot them in the head after you've tranquilized <laughs> them or choke them out. Yeah. Um you can hold up guys? Yeah. Which is really cool. Like if you get the drop on them, um you'll actually scare them. They'll put their hands up <laughs> and it creates this kind of like standoff because they won't wait forever. They're eventually they will will draw. But you can get them, you can point the gun at their head or their nuts and they'll give you items.
1: Yeah. Um, you can make them dance which is really cool <laughs> it is like a crazy detail yeah oh also a crazy detail you can shoot out their radio so even if they do decide to draw they can't call for help
0: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's just nuts like that That stuff's really really cool mm-hmm. you can um i'm not good at this but you can actually use guys as human shields or as hostages
1: The the like the order in which you have to hold those makes it feel like some kind of weird olympic game
0: <laughs> it is yeah, like the controls in this game are simultaneously good, but also feel like they could be optimized. Yeah. a little bit. Like by the time I was used to them,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I was used to them. But early on, it it took quite a while to really like feel like I was in control
1: of Snake. It's not quite a Metal Gear Solid Three levels of just ridiculousness. Yeah, but it's still like they're like it feels like this is the first time I really felt like there were more operations than buttons available. On, yeah. you know you know on this playstation 2 controller or the Dual Shock, whatever which just kind of felt like it was you know pl- plenty for miles in terms of buttons
0: yeah and it is very easy to like be in the middle of a fight and accidentally lay down yeah you know or, or do something stupid on accident you know like that would that would happen you know more or less consistently to me throughout the demo but i know that i i've gotten used to it before yeah. um the uh, you can uh, do pull-ups. <laughs> you have a grip meter, which actually does come in handy later in the game. Oh yeah. Um, here it's not that handy, but it's a neat little trivia thing you can
1: do. Mm-hmm. Hundred pull-ups, and you up- you upgrade your uh your grip meter.
0: Yeah, it's like Shadow of the Colossus. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, but you can get inside the ship, and it becomes much more like a regular Metal Gear, right? Like you yes. know, you're on individual floors, you're in hallways. The the radar still feels uh you know really valuable there. Um, and, um, I love how this ship just feels like a nautical version of shadow Moses from the industrial yeah. design.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It doesn't look that much like a ship and is not laid out that much like a ship. Yeah. There are a lot of, uh,
1: it's mostly pool. crew quarter.
0: Yeah. Lots of, like lots of places for crew. It's like, it's like a cruise ship. <laughs> um, and then lots of just like superfluous hallways. Mm-hmm. You know, like every everywhere needs like multiple entrances, things like that. There are a lot of like dumb designs too. Like you, uh, you eventually, and this comes a little bit later, but um, the infrared sensors,
2: <laughs> which
0: which like they have the the ship wired to blow up if anybody sets off their trap. Mm-hmm. So the idea for their trap is that if anyone sets it off, the person who sets it off dies, but also Metal Gear gets sunk and everyone on the <laughs> the ship dies.
1: It's a real it's a real bad trap. It's like, it, it's like a final destination kind of thing where everything is driving this sink to ship because the plot necessitates it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like in the, somebody robbed death
1: of their metal gear. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to take oh. it back one way or another. And I just said sink to ship. So there yeah. we go. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah there are various uh various decks here uh again another small detail that i was just blown away by when you walk in you know after after opening up the the, the i guess the bowl the bulkhead yeah there we go
2: mm-hmm.
1: um uh, you actually identify a guard by the shadow
0: yeah yeah again it's just it's really signaling like you're working in 3d space now mm-hmm.
1: um which is really cool and he can see your wet footprints so it's not just like oh there's snow that's been disturbed i've got to go follow this like there are minor details that you just haven't thought about that are going to work against you
0: yeah so like if, if you're if you're being a super spy like you come in you wait to dry off a little bit mm-hmm. um later when you start shooting people in the head after you knock them out <laughs> and you walk through their blood you leave blood footprints mm-hmm. Which I like leading people to ambushes. Yeah. I spent a lot of time doing that when I was young. If like we... setting up blood footprints and then like being in a locker. And then when they come out,
1: shooting <laughs> them in the head. If only you could like suspend bodies from the ceiling so it would drip. Yeah. And they would get to it and look up and like, ah, and then you yeah, jump it, out and take them down.
0: It'd be like the sloth room in, in Seven. Yep.
1: But instead of air
0: fresheners, it was genome soldiers. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I recognize these are not genome soldiers. They're nomads. Um. <laughs> The kind of the highlight of this first floor is getting into the the crew lounge, like yeah. the giant rec room that takes up most of the ship.
2: <laughs> um,
0: the military they work hard, they play hard.
1: <laughs> yeah, so this 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 room might have just said like they might they might as well have just called it like crew deck E three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that because, you know, this is the thing that I read about in E3 coverage at the time and was just desperate to get my hands on. Because, you know, after you clear out the one or two guys who are down here, you can, like, you can shoot the ice bucket off of the bar and watch the watch the cubes melt in real time, Gary. Yeah. Gary, it's pretty... in 2001, I was excited to watch ice melt. <laughs> like, well, I, I remember being
0: super excited to watch that ice melt. Like, all of this stuff was just, like, it was the first time I'd seen a video game do this stuff. Mm-hmm. And now it doesn't seem quite as unusual, but some of that attention to detail is still pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. Like that ice thing, you know, being able to have an ice bucket in a game and being able to knock it over and having individual cubes is not that impressive, but the Mm -hmm. way that they melt and everything is still pretty neat. Yeah. Um, That's, it's kind of the standard. And this is, you know, 15 years ago. (laughs)
2: Um,
0: I love uh, destroying their really fancy TV Yeah, because I remember in 2001 this was like the hottest TV I'd ever seen. And it was like flat screen plasma TV, and I'm like, oh, this is four thousand bucks in two thousand one money. <laughs> just to
1: watch the, the the black spot spread from wherever you shoot it, I, yeah. would, I would leave and come back, or try and re, you know reset the area so I could shoot in a different in a different place just to make sure it was done dynamically. And it is.
0: Yep. It is done dynamically, which is super cool. The big glass pane that separates the two parts of this, mm-hmm. if you shoot that, it will slowly gain kind of spider webs of, of cracks. And if you destroy it, if you're staying right next to it, the glass mm-hmm. will shred and hurt you. Yep. Which is just great. Like, that's that's nuts. <laughs> that's that's wonderful.
1: Yeah. Uh, individual liquor bottles, you can shoot yep. them off the of shelves um, along with magazines. If you shoot the magazines off, you can look and see what's inside of them. Yep. Yep. And, of <laughs> course, it's all <laughs> porny stuff. Millions you know, because, uh, because, metal
0: gear. Gear. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of, um, so eventually that <laughs> you get, you've done everything you can here. You can't go downstairs, mm-hmm. um, in the demo, which is where you ultimately need to go. Yeah. Um, so there's no way to grow up, but up and you end up in this, uh, another floor. There's not a whole lot here other than a bunch of lockers, <laughs>
1: um, man sized lockers. You've never seen lockers. So luxurious. These are, <laughs> these, these are walk-in lockers. lockers.
0: These are pretty nice lockers. These are, these are, these are lockers that sleep like a man. <laughs> um, one of them has a uh, pinup girl in it. Two of them do. Or two of them. Yep. <laughs> and if you zoom in, you make this gross, like, like really
1: gross kissy noise. Yeah. It sounds less like a kiss and more like, a, you, you know, you, <laughs> you accidentally overshot on the stroke.
0: Yeah. Like, well, we like, you just have a suction, like <laughs> mouth, like a leech mouth. Yeah. You know, like, and just like the idea like, snake just like tonguing this poster. <laughs> <It's>,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: what are you doing, super spy? <laughs> it's fucking disgusting. Um, you get you get a nice burn to oticon here too if you call him. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. He says uh, he says like this reminds me of when we first met. Um, Atakan says that, and then Snake says, "Yeah, but for us to be even, I'd have to pee my pants. I'm not gonna. Ha- I'm not gonna do that." And then Atakan says, "That's low, Snake." And then that's the end of the conversation. It is low. <laughs> it is low. Like what,
1: a Dick? <laughs> Oh, one of my favorite details about these lockers, if you alert an enemy and you try and hide inside of these, uh, make sure a you're not dripping blood behind you because that's a Mm -hmm. that's a a big tip off. But if you're uh, you know, when you're inside and you know, the regular radar mode, your uh, your radar doesn't work in the in these lockers. So you can zoom in and get up to the grating in order to look out and see if people are still there if the music hasn't dipped you off but if you press the button too hard and again ps2 controllers i think ps3 as well the buttons are um, pressure sensitive Mm -hmm. if you press too hard or press it too quickly you will bang your head against the door and alert whoever's nearby yeah very very cool It's, it's like a little bit like
0: amnesia yep and at that point like um it's it's super cool the other kind of big highlight um, where it's actually, you know, further up, it's not on this floor. Mm-hmm. Um, we're introduced to security cameras, we're introduced to that, um, the infrared sensor that will destroy the, entire ship. Yeah, Simitex, um, which is, uh, uh, unfortunate because it will blow everything up. <laughs> um, but, uh, you get to the kitchen, which is another kind of minor playground, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, yeah, shooting melons and produce and ketchup bottles apart, which they would yeah. repeat with, uh, Metal Gear Revengeance and all of their demos cutting the, uh, the, the watermelons apart,
0: mm mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so you, so you head up to the bridge and, uh, you confirm that it is a chopper. Your ears were correct. <laughs> and, uh, you, you check the, um, you're checking to see where the ship is going because mm-hmm. at this point you're kind of on a fact finding mission. Yeah. And at one point, um, Otacon says like, Hey, you have to get downstairs and take pictures of this, this metal gear. We're not going to mm-hmm. do that no. in the demo, but that's ultimately what you need to do. But first you have to, to deal with um, an antagonist here.
1: Yeah. Cause you look out and you see a young woman. Um, who Mm -hmm. is kind of like prowling the deck outside of the, outside of the bridge as there are these just bodies just bleeding and draped over the, uh, over the command centers and stuff. Well, it's going to get in the instruments, you guys. Come on. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, the, uh, and she has a long conversation with her dad, who is the Russian guy we saw earlier. Yeah. Sergei Kovacic. Yep. And we learn kind of a lot about her. This is Olga. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, and, uh, one, she's pregnant. Mm -hmm. So I guess I I don't know if that's just the game to saying like, please don't kill this person. Yep. Um, (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> but uh, she's—you know—she was raised on a battlefield. It's very standard Metal Gear. Yeah, melodrama. I remember around the time this this came out, a lot of magazines and stuff paying undue attention to her armpit hair. Yeah, which was seemed kind of gross to me. Not that she had armpit hair, but it was just like, oh, check her out—how European. Live. Yeah. <laughs>
0: no. Um, yeah, and then uh, you you do this kind of standoff. Where she refuses to obey a lot of your gun, you know, at gunpoint orders. <laughs> yep. Um, and throws a knife at you, which you you dodge. And then
1: and you then also you're... dodge the bullet and bullet time. Yeah,
0: I, yeah, that's that's the other thing too. Yeah, you're like, uh, oh yeah, she shoots you. She doesn't throw the the knife. Mm-hmm. She shoots you, and you dodge the bullet because um, you're a Super Snake. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you're you do the boss fight. Yeah.
1: And this boss fight with Olga is just a crazy demo for the first person shooting side of this. It, it, what it made me think of is like this is the.
0: Like a better version of the revolver oslot fight mm-hmm. from the first one. Like that didn't have as much to do with cover, but like, I remember when we did that thinking it was really like, it's cool, but it's also super contrived. Yeah. Like the limitations of what the player can see
1: mm-hmm.
0: inform so much of the fight rather than what the character could see. It's like a weird yeah. racing game almost. Yeah, it's very strange. This feels more like what a duel between two gunfighters would be. Mm-hmm. And then they would do something similar to this in Metal Gear Solid 3 with the Revolver Ocelot fight yeah. as kind of a, you know. Callback slash call that, forward. Yeah, yeah, this is what this should have been, could have been mm-hmm. informed by the last one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there's all kinds of like cool little physics things that can happen here. Like she will turn the light to shine in your eyes. So you, mm-hmm. have, to, so you have to shoot it out unless you shoot it out ahead of time to make some room for yourself, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And when you get her low enough on health, she will actually cut loose this tarp that is over top of some uh, over top of some you know gear that's sitting on the deck, and it will fly up and provide her cover. And you have to shoot the uh, the, the cord off so it flies away in the wind. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's a pretty easy fight, at least in in the demo.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you know because you, you do auto aim, and uh, she doesn't take too many hits. But you you take her down, and you just use trunk so she doesn't die. But uh, it ends you know after you're kind of standing over her body. A drone shows up. <laughs>
1: I remember when drones in novel. Like, oh. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. As opposed to the nightmarish future that we live in right now. Uh huh. <laughs> um, it's watching you, and you say, "Oh no, it's Cipher." And boy, Snake, are these
1: things going to be a pain in the ass in the future of this game? Who, <laughs> boy, if so, only you knew. Yeah, yeah. So this is a great demo, right? It's, like, yeah, I, it's it's really up there. It 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 is. You know, if you're playing it like a solid thirty minutes, you know, if you're if you're playing around of that feeling i got when i played the original splinter cell and Hmm. i walked through the freezer flaps you know those big plastic flaps that are outside of like refrigerated things and saw them all moving individually yeah it it, it is just that feeling not repeated but just held and maintained for the for the entire extent of it
0: it does a really good job of being um a tech demo that is practical and impressive Mm -hmm. like it's not you know, like this was this was a huge jump. Like the technology jump between Metal Gear Solid One and like, Metal Gear Solid Two
1: was really significant, and it wasn't more so that, than there there wasn't that much time that passed. No, no. <laughs> I
0: mean, and that's the thing is like it it just felt huge. It's not like sometimes you'll you'll play a new game and like the technology jump. And I, I've talked about this before with current gen things. Is like the technology jump between a PS4 and a PS3 is not as big as as something like this. Like. You couldn't like you can have more things on the screen. We talked about like some of that stuff, but it wasn't this revolutionary. Mm-hmm. This felt huge. Yeah, like this felt like oh, this is a PS2. That was a PS1. This is a concrete measure of the difference between these two systems, and the kind of play experiences they can craft. Yeah, um,
1: just just really really gobsmacking. And this is only a year after the system launched. Like it's it's sad that there was nothing that felt quite like this when the PS2 came out. Yeah, um, but the like, and division didn't cut it, <laughs> or the Summoner, or what have yeah. you. Uh, yeah, they're gonna, be, we're gonna get letters from the Summoner fans now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but the, uh, I, I don't know, like, just PlayStation Three. We're two years in, and like, Ground Zeroes is this right Mm -hmm. it is kind of like they saw what was successful with the metal gear solid 2 demo and they said we're going to make something that takes a small area and gives you a bunch of stuff to do inside of it and we're going to codify it in a way that feels really satisfying for you to like you know suss out these new details but they're but they're more abstract and i think less like fundamental or elemental like the advantages of the of the new system that Mm -hmm. i don't i don't know you know if if it's going to read as well when the phantom when when the phantom pain comes out, which like God like launch day for me, and probably be yeah. within a week. But
0: well, also you and you can't separate the fact that when this came out, you were younger. Well, yeah, you true. know, and 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 the medium was younger. It was a simpler <laughs> time. <laughs> yeah, the um, because the, like a lot of that mind blowing thing, you know, that feeling really came from. The age I was at when I first saw it, and the yeah. fact all the things I'd seen since then. I have Ground Zeroes because of PlayStation Plus, but I haven't played it yet. Mm-hmm. It's um, really good. Try it. Yeah, like I, I, I just need I need to play Metal Gear Solid Four, and I haven't. No, so, you don't. Well, I well, I want to. <laughs> okay. Like it, it. I don't have to. It's it's that it's that. No, thing. I I, under, I understand. It's don't the worry. play things in order thing that stops me from playing Witcher Three, and it's the reason why I'm like, you know, seven hours into Kotor for the second <laughs> time in my life, and yeah. like, I fucking
1: hate Jedi's. Why am I playing this? <laughs>
0: um the
1: uh well don't worry chris avalon does too
0: yeah exactly like that's what that's what i hear so i just need to rush through it it's just that like i i have i'm such a, a collection of competing you know urges like but side quest i like side quest but they're so boring why do you do this bioware um you know it's it's the same reason why i haven't rushed through mass effect to get the mass effect too mm-hmm. i just end up wanting to do side stuff and it ends up mm-hmm. not being good enough yeah the um yeah but um, and and this is the thing is that like the demo is where the really cool play shit happens in Metal Gear Solid Two. Mm-hmm. Like there is cool stuff that you can do play wise in Metal Gear Solid Two, but it's mostly clustered in this the beginning and the end, mm-hmm. and the middle is a lot of samey looking corridors for a long time. Yeah, you know, and like it's cool. Like I'm a Metal Gear Solid Two defender. Like, I like it, and I like all how up its ass it gets at the end and all those things. I dig mm-hmm. that. The, I can't defend, you know, the struts. The big shell, yeah. Yeah, the big shell I cannot defend. I feel like that's an indefensible game location. Yeah.
1: And, um, and, and just like we're talking like structure kind of stuff we see a boss fight here and it's really satisfying because it feels more down to earth and everything but like there is not much in the way of boss fights in, no. in, in the rest of the game you know which is something that metal gear solid one did and then metal gear solid three took and turned into an art you know i know we're yeah. just talking about the demo here for this episode but uh but but yeah like as if we're well, if we're trying to fit this into the into the broad thing like i think that we played the most satisfying boss fight
0: yeah, yeah. It it is it's worth talking about even though we are just talking about the demo because it's so intentional and and we can we don't need to get into the weird meta thing. Like that mm-hmm. that's what's kind of impressive about it is like we were meant to be that impressed with those aspects of the demo <laughs> and then meant to feel kind of disappointed with the middle mm-hmm. and then meant to feel confused by the the end. Like this is one of the like as we'll get into when we talk about the thing that came with the demo. Mm-hmm. Um I don't always like, I don't think Kojima Winkery always works mm-hmm. as well as it did in Metal Gear Solid 2. Yeah. Um. And, and even though it made for a, a real flabby middle play experience, I still think it's kind of masterful. Yeah. In that respect. One of the best demos up there with, like, the Stanley Parable, weirdly enough, because that's <laughs> such a good demo.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know that I have anything more to say about it. Like, this is one of the best releases on the PlayStation 2, especially in those early the, those early days when all I had was, like, Onamusha.
0: Yeah, Onamusha and Oni. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. so, um, but it didn't, the demo didn't just come by
1: itself. Nope. There was uh-huh. something else in that case. In yeah. fact, they had the gall to ship it with the wrong artwork. Way to do like a triple fake out, Konami.
0: It is. It is very. It is a huge troll. Um. So what came with the uh, with the Metal Gear Solid 2 demo, Cole? Well, Gary,
1: what's your name? <laughs>
0: Uh, my name is Gary Butterfield.
1: <laughs> my name is Cole Ross.
0: And this is Watch Out for Fireballs. It is
1: a retro video games podcast. Yes, and this week we are talking about Zone of the Enders, which is an action game developed and published by Konami for the PlayStation 2 in 2001. Yes.
0: Um, in this game, you are an anime as hell young boy pilot <laughs> um, playing like an agile mecha. Like, this is not a mech warrior. Yes. You know, sl- sl- it's not a Metal Gear style battle tank. <laughs> it is a uh, svelte... Uh, Mecca called a called Jehuti. Is Je, name. Jehuti. Jehuti. Yes. Um named after it, the
1: Egyptian guy with an Ibis head.
0: Yes. Yeah. Egyptian uh, theming
1: is is prevalent. <laughs> well, yes, along with a bunch of other themings.
0: Yes, yeah. The themings are prevalent. <laughs> Zone of the Enders. Um and you it's interesting because it is not uh artillery based. You would right. do kind of fast melee combat and skirmish ranged combat. Right. Like short range range combat. Um, with either squads of enemies um, or one-on-one fights in this uh,
1: space colony of Jupiter. Yes. Um, The combat is really, really simple, just like a lot of other things about this game, honestly. Um, I (laughs) I have no idea what we fucking
0: did with this game. Like, it is like (laughs) I had a real moment after playing it. Like, I played it when I was younger, but I don't think I ever beat Uh it. Um, And then I beat it for the show, and I had a real, like, what did I just play, (laughs) like, feeling that was very intense. Uh huh. Like, I don't really know
1: what the point of this game is right so we 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 picked it because we, we you know we were looking for something i was like oh i remember liking this game a lot and it's on some lists some listeners have recommended it and i threw it out just because i had good memories of it too and we wanted something short right. and simple mm-hmm. but i don't think like it's just it's weird to, this is like short and simple the
0: way that like contra is short and simple <laughs> and i wasn't expecting that from a ps2 game
1: nor like one that had kojima's involvement like he didn't direct this he was just a producer but it is very much in that in that vein yeah
0: his his fingerprints are on it like
1: mm-hmm. it is not just
0: a, a name slap kind of thing there are a lot of kind of kojima hallmarks mm-hmm. um, Kojimisms, if you will it is so simple as to be like final fight mm-hmm. like it is uh you have um regular attacks and it's all based on a range which is kind of annoying like it's just one button attacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one button. And, uh, you know, a regular attack and a sub attack. And it depends on the range and whether you've just dashed or not.
1: Yeah. Or you can charge them up. Yeah. Um, that's, that, yeah. And the thing is, like, everything you do looks pretty cool like this game is you know you talk about whether something creates heat or light and usually light is the good thing there's so there's such a minimal input required to make as much light and motion and fast blinking things as possible
0: it is really <laughs> impressive
1: and that's yeah. something they'll double down on in the sequel yeah. which we'll talk about a little bit but even at the um, time like you know when i when when i popped this in after i was done with the metal gear solid demo like this was one of those things that was like oh this is what the ps2 can do
0: yeah yeah it it is um it's really impressive looking Mm -hmm. like as, as kind of two, two things together. They're paired for almost their tech (laughs) demo-ness. But that shallowness reveals itself pretty quick. Yeah. I felt, Um, you know, just like the limited vocabulary that you have, you also have sub weapons, um, which have limited ammo and also very limited use. You got that Mm -hmm. in the notes here. And that's 100% true. Um, I really kind of relied on maybe two sub weapons. Yeah. And I kept trying to use them just for fun. Mm -hmm. It reminded me of Super Castlevania 4, where, like, in Super Castlevania 4, they give you the the ability to whip in all directions, eliminating the need for sub-weapons, mm-hmm. more or less. So when you use sub-weapons in Super Castlevania 4, you're doing it for fun. Yeah. Like, what if <laughs> I kill this guy with an
1: axe? You're doing it because you remembered it was a button on the controller.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. It's not, you know, you're not doing it because it's a, a useful thing or better, like... It would be better if you used it because you needed to. Mm-hmm. You very rarely need to use sub weapons in this game. Yeah, it's just you get a different kind of particle effect and a different,
1: <laughs> you know. And and it's funny because your your regular attacks are they they cover enough of a range and they're they're effective enough to deal with most of the things that you find.
0: Yeah, you yeah you very rarely need them. I used um one of them for bosses mm-hmm. like uh the like comet or meteor or something
1: like that. Yeah, the one that kind of homes or a
0: yeah, gauntlet oh yeah um, gauntlet yeah gauntlet i use for bosses <laughs> and that was that was more or less it yeah um you get them real. you don't get them at a, a city clip and they're shitty for a long time too <laughs> um the first few of them you get are really garbage
1: yeah um uh, and also you have to find ammo to power them and yeah if they and, want well you there, and
0: find a license to
1: use them and actually <laughs> find them yeah so <laughs> yeah you have to get passwords and stuff like this is very much in the i don't know like i think that data destroys stories gary yeah <laughs> like like just like when when we're looking at sci-fi and we're looking at these narratives you know we we, we saw this in ark of night to a to just the, the a crazy degree but go here and get the data is just such a piss poor motivation to do the next thing it's, and, it's the narsh of yeah. uh, it's like omni <laughs> like, in the future all data is narsh
0: yeah, yeah, NARC, you just run Narsh.exe and you have to see if you can find it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So everything is just kind of going, you know, like going to a place to grab a thing so you get permission to do another thing. It's 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 a little uh um like other M writ large. It
0: it is. Well, it's because this game is so fucking padded. Like you mm-hmm. do so little in this game. <laughs> like yeah. it is incredible how much backtracking you do across like four environments that all look exactly the same. Yeah. Um so the development team on this there are some good things they spend yeah. a lot of time on the camera um and it looks great mm-hmm. like this is a th- a three-dimensional like flying fighting game mm-hmm. that looks really good and the camera does not is not a nightmare right you know um you can't control it perfectly yourself, but it its instincts are really good
1: yeah. And you spend most of the time zoomed in and locked on on like one enemy that you're fighting. And, you know, after you get permission to do so, you can switch your lock on very quickly. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And like, it's not like the camera is just always pinned on you. It knows when you're engaging at melee and it knows roughly what you're going to be doing. So your character or, you know, your, your, your robot, your orbital frame has, has permission to do all this crazy stuff as the camera stays in one place, making everything feel very like fast and kinetic while not disorienting you by, you know, kind of forcing you to kind of keep yourself aware of what is where.
0: Yeah, you're just you. And also with very limited input from you, mm-hmm. like it's not a technical game. It looks like you're doing very impressive things, and you're just tapping a button. Yep. It's like that. What is the game that got all that heat for that? Because it has the awesome button.
1: <laughs> I forget. Oh, Saints Row. Saints Row has yeah. the awesome button. Yeah.
0: And it just and it just does stuff without you having to do anything. Mm-hmm. Like it just does cool stuff. And like there, it's played for kitsch. Mm-hmm. Here, that's not really the tone of this game. Every button is an awesome button. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So you have regular missions that have you kind of accomplishing set goals, um. Most of which are either like infiltrating a place, or you know finding a specific kind of treasure chest. Yeah. There and sometimes you kind of it's not really stealth, but sometimes you have to avoid combat. Yeah. Um. There is an RPG experience system to this. Mm-hmm. Um. So if you avoid too much combat, you can end up in trouble. Yeah. Near the end. Um. But the level cap is nine, so it is it is like really really low. Um, yeah. I I beat the game at level eight without trying too hard, mm-hmm. um, and definitely didn't doing grinding. Oh yeah. Um, sure. But I could see if you avoided all combat, you know, if you ended up at like level seven or six, might you know, might have a t- tough time.
1: Yeah, and different squads level up um, kind of alongside you as you go throughout the story. Um, yeah, There are like different mechanics that will let you manipulate that level as a, as it goes along. But, you know, you're you're, you're going to be flying along doing your thing. And if you get within like kind of engagement range, different squads will come and get you. And if you're not managing that, you can get surrounded uh, pretty. Quick.
0: Yeah. And and yeah. it's kind of a corollary to that. It's fairly easy to run away. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this real weird um, solubistic <laughs> system of retreat where if you like if they if you can't see them for long enough, then you've run away. <laughs> it's
1: like a so reverse said- stealth.
0: Yeah, it's a real peekaboo kind of thing. Like, If you just kind of turn your eye, turn away, they'll forget about you, even while they're shooting you in the back. As long as you don't see them, that will let you run away. Yeah. It's very weird.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: that's how you spend most of your time. There are also these side missions, which are, fuck, I, I like are, are, are pretty shitty, where it's just like there's a distress zone, and it gives you the theme, like, are you going to, you know, the computer... That you have with you <laughs> says it's illogical to waste time on this. The person you have with you says you have to save the people. Mm-hmm. It's just like a goodness metric. Yeah. And But you go there, and the way they express is just a fight. Um, <laughs> Co- and you're kind of measured by collateral damage.
1: Yeah. So unlike the regular missions, you are trying to kill all of these enemy military forces. And the number of buildings that you destroy... Um, are kind of like held against you, and also certain buildings have people inside of them. So if you are engaging these guys just in kind of a willy-nilly kind of fashion, then you're going to hurt your letter grade. If you care about that kind of thing, which kind of plays into this weird thing about Kojima games, which are um, the player is expected to express constraint or restraint, whereas the creator is not.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, that that is true. Um, the letter grade doesn't do anything yeah by the way it doesn't have cool bonuses or but, like cool like they're not like unlocks and shit yeah you know if we're doing it like uh in metal gear games. and it
1: doesn't affect the ending in a very appreciable way
0: no yeah it's it's very very slight yeah. kojima jr <laughs> um so you have these modules that give you permissions and experience points to improve to abilities um but there's almost nothing else to it like we we said everything that's in the game it feels like it takes place over the course of about 90 minutes even though the game itself is yeah. like 4 or 5 hours yeah, long five but hours, it, yeah. it feels like the amount of time that takes place is so scant mm-hmm. the scale is just so small in this game <laughs> um it's on the next note you say that cutscenes are scarce but i looked up on youtube um my play clock on this game was about 5 hours mm-hmm. there is an hour and 10 minutes of movie
1: really in this game yep so like, it is is fully 20 percent movie in like in terms of like actually showing enemies and people doing stuff, because like a lot of the times when it takes control away from you, you're just in this uh, kind of like cockpit view or looking at like terms, you know, as this defining well, that's stuff what for I mean, you. Yeah. I don't okay, mean like yeah. necessarily a cutscene, but like it's 20 yeah. percent non-interactive content. So it's not eye candy. It's not like cinematics like Kojima would. But I guess it's like Kodak is, is really what it is. It it's, is Kodak, like... it's Kodak like Kojima would.
0: And that's a bummer. Like, 20% is a lot, and that's not my favorite thing. Like, I like Kojima. I'm Mm -hmm. not as big a fan of his as you are. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things I don't, that is a known quirk of his that I don't like. Mm -hmm. The idea of spending, you know, fully a quarter of your playtime in a non-interactive sense. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a strength. Like, I I don't like it. No. And here, where the game is not really strong enough to make it worth it, Mm like the actual things that are being shown to you and the story that's being conveyed to you during these parts where you're just twiddling your thumbs <laughs> are not very interesting Yeah, for the most part. Like there are a couple of exceptions, like a couple of things that are okay. Um, but like, that's a real bummer. It like kind of shows that why like nobody shouldn't, like that shouldn't happen outside of a Metal Gear game. <laughs> like for some, that's the weird anomalous series that's allowed to do this one really bad, dumb thing. And we all think it's okay. But you put that into a different genre or a different game and it just destroys pacing yeah. and destroys my goodwill
1: in a real serious way. You say we all think it's okay. You've never played Metal Gear Solid 4. Yeah. I... <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody thought that was okay. The um, the it, And I'm a Metal Gear Solid 4 defender. So there we go. To do, to do two games
0: in a row, like to do this right after 999, two games mm-hmm. that required so much of my time to be passive mm-hmm. is maddening. <laughs> like... At the end of this, all I wanted to do was play a video game. Like, at the end of this <laughs> month of Watch Out for Fireballs, like, that's literally all I want to do more than anything is play a game. Because <laughs> I haven't gotten it from Zone of the Enders or 999. Like, mm. it, is, it is so, I mean, I, I'm exaggerating, obviously, but, like, like, it is so much of that time of the last month of WAF has been spent passively staring at
1: words. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, well, we can't say anything bad about anime, so... Uh, yeah, yeah yeah, exactly. those brave, brave soldiers yeah, just out, just out there fighting for the little guy, yeah, um, but yeah, so you're right, like i I didn't put the cutscenes being scarce as a positive or a negative. It's just bizarre to me how much of this is an audio play,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. like when I said cutscenes, that's what I meant, but you're yeah. right, as far as like actual visuals, there's very little, um, and there could definitely stand to be more of it, yeah, um, it's just down to the dialogue and voice acting, uh, which I think is not particularly yeah, um. This was directed by uh, Noriaki Okamura and uh, just published by Hideo Kojima. And it is interesting to see where he got his greasy thumbprints mm-hmm. on this. And, and we'll point those out. Like, there's just the parts that just scream Kojima <laughs> in the middle of this.
1: and and the wikipedia article for this is kind of crazy like this isn't abject suffering this is watch out for fireballs but um if you go in and look at the creator points they have a very high opinion of uh, again the the just the the themes upon themes upon themes you know what is the theme of zone of the enders simply what is life what is living all about as what what game did you play (laughs) (laughs) what game did you make
0: yeah what game did you make
1: yeah what words do you think you wrote as as demonstrated by the struggles of the protagonist
0: yeah good night um (laughs) So there's a direct sequel to this. We're going to talk about a very little bit, but we didn't get too far in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to speak for you totally, but I, I didn't get very far I in neither it. Neither did I. Um, the second runner and a Game Boy Advance tactical RPG spinoff called Fist of Mars, which I know nothing about. I don't know anything about it either. I love tactical RPGs. I'm scared away by again just endless cutscenes and dialogue <laughs> from it. That's not very good. But like that sounds like it's up my alley. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe I'll check it out at some point. Yeah. Um, Cause as much as I'm, I'm kind of negative on this, I don't hate it. It's just, it's like hating this game. There's like a Kervana quote about criticizing science fiction writers where it's mm-hmm. like hating this game would be like putting on a full suit of armor and uh, charging full speed at a ice cream sundae. <laughs> like there's nothing here.
1: Yeah. This isn't
0: worthy of my emotions. The,
1: the, the, the sharpest blade that we have in our scabbard or whatever or in our arsenal is this feels like it wasted my time. Yeah. And even though a good, you know, 20 to 25% of this is filler, um, you know, I guess, or is non-interactive non-interact- and in most of the stuff we play is filler, like, there's just so little to it that even if it wastes a larger amount of time proportionally, it's still not wasting very much.
0: Yeah, the percentage of time <laughs> wasted is huge, but it also was two afternoons Yeah. Um, of easy play, like, you know, and, and there are moments of fun, like arcade-like fun mm-hmm. in it, and just kind of like... Uh, sound and
1: fury and spectacle and sensation yeah yeah. Yeah,
0: that 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 is appreciable
1: um yeah um so i played this in the uh hd remake collection uh Mm -hmm. that uh, konami put out uh in the death throes of them ever publishing a new game again um (laughs) god if only i knew that that was going to be the end yeah um um, so the Enders one got less attention than uh than the second one did um in that uh but uh, it's still there um and it still serves as like a playable prequel or demo for what two does.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which it's because I've played two and a lot of people are just like you got you got to play two. Two doesn't address enough of the problems for me to be like way into it and hold my attention. Yeah. Like I think it's better, but still not scaling the lofty heights of good. Mm-hmm. Um, this is you know shipped with a demo for Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. <laughs> so keeping that that shipping Let with a demo. The circle. Be yeah. Un- <laughs> Um, and also I should note, um, the copy of this, I have, uh, Allison Alison Baker sent me. Oh, nice. was very nice of her. She just had a, uh, uh, extra copy sitting around and it stopped me from having to buy the game. Nice. So I like that, um, Cole, <laughs> tell us a little bit about the plot.
1: <laughs> Gary, <laughs> there, there are a couple of sentences that you think you're never going to have to, uh, utter in your life. Mm-hmm. You so, so rare, um, uh, sick and tired of this orgasm right yeah or like uh like i choose you son to die <laughs> right there's, yeah. there's some things you think like oh gosh you yeah, know like I, I understand that there's a possibility for those words to exist but i never see it really coming up but here we go this kojima game might not have enough exposition <laughs> yeah is it in the manual like i didn't read the. <laughs> neither read the did i mine didn't come with the manual
0: yeah I, I didn't i i didn't read it because i i'm so used to not having to do that <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and the the demo it came with didn't require one. Nope. So I assume that it wouldn't need one. <laughs> um, so essentially, this is set on a colony orbiting Jupiter. And the year is twenty one seventy two, and a rebel military group from Mars called Barom um, attacks the colony to steal two proto- prototype orbital frames, which are these Mecha,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and they have very little regard as to what collateral
1: damage they cause. They fuck shit up. Yeah. Um and you play as a young boy named Leo who is kind of cornered in this attack and through a series of wacky wild mishaps um accidentally mm-hmm. takes uh, a fall, falls into the cockpit quite literally of a of a uh, a powerful orbital frame called Jehudi and takes control of it. And you know because of this because he is kind of bonded to it and because the uh, the UNSF which is the you know the alliance or what have you uh, has very little option. Uh, you are conscripted to get this frame safely to Mars uh, and deal with Bahram officers along the way. Yes, get your ass to Mars. And, and like, I think the word Baram is said maybe four or five times in the entire game. There's just this intro cutscene where these people who are talking about an operation that they're doing, and you get a sense maybe they're bad guys, but there is no agency, there's no motivation, there's almost nothing about yeah. about why what is happening is happening. No,
0: there, there's no setup. There's no, and the character, the the characters that you deal with are all archetypes, to a degree that is kind of offensive. Mm -hmm. Um, Partly because they just aren't interacting or moving the plot very much. Like so little happens. So like playing a plucky kid who lucks into a giant robot, like that's a that is a trope (laughs) that I don't have particular affection for, but I recognize Mm -hmm. as like a well-loved trope. Um, But he doesn't do anything. (laughs) like again like he just and he doesn't interact with very many characters like he doesn't you know he doesn't learn anything he's got that thing where i complain about it in jrpgs where he's noble but good like (laughs) his his character shading is such that like he doesn't want to hurt people and he wants to do the right thing (laughs) and it does not make for an interesting character or an interesting agent to kind of play as like a bad character as a fiction Mm -hmm. a bad protagonist to play because he's not going to be doing anything cool yeah and Um, i don't
1: consider angst and narrative to be necessarily a bad thing like you know man versus self is a you know is as time and is is as time tested as man versus tornado you know like it's it's there man versus food yes exactly yeah um you know it's there but like so much of this is just friction against himself
0: yeah and then other characters you run to their friction against
1: themselves as well like it is this it's weird uh. <laughs> and and you know, this 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 cribs a lot from different animes and different things that are in the mecha genre. Neither of us, I think, are especially literate enough to call out exactly where this happens you know as we mm-hmm. would be to say oh ice nine is from kurt vonnegut right yeah. like you know that, that that that's our language i know that like neon genesis evangelion is kind of a kind of a go-to for this game but i can't say it in which way aside from talking about the ways in which war messes with people which that's yeah. just is kojima's gig
0: yeah i don't i don't have a deep catalog with robots and, and i've talked about it before but like Given the choice at a crossroads between dragons and spaceships, I usually will choose dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I have more background with. Like, yeah. I like giant robots. They're not my favorite thing. I like the Big O. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I watched that that show. Mm-hmm. And that was interesting. was interesting. I um, lots but of not, Gundam Wing. Yeah. 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 And, like, the, the, cool, the cool things about them were never just, like, robots, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also that weird, and, and I don't want to offend anime fan 99, but, like, the... There's a Western way to do mechs that I like a little bit more, which is that mech warrior exosquad way mm-hmm. where they're less powerful and they're more kind of tools. Yeah. Um, you know, like they're clunky and they're machines. That's a it's little bit
1: romanticized. That's like in the in the in the weird boring Gundam series that I stopped watching because it was too much of a metaphor for like World War One or something. Where mm-hmm. like like the like that's definitely the case there where like the individual mechs are just a way to dehumanize warfare as opposed to what what you saw in wing, which was all of a sudden we're able to make these mecha gods or what have you, you know? And I I can get into that.
0: Like the, the, uh, the idea of this being like an extension of warfare, I can get into more than this kind of power fantasy Mm -hmm. that this is. Um, So it it introduces, it's introduces with a bang. We're definitely a media's race um, (laughs) in this. Um, There are explosions on the outside of the colony and orbital frames kind of come into view. Mm-hmm. and uh you listen to this radio chatter between <laughs> these uh these Bahram forces yeah they're interested on in. uh, Noman, viola axe slam and night raid <laughs> um, <laughs> night raid
1: i can't match up the individual pilots with their with their orbital frame names because when you fight them you see their the the, the frame names but i yeah. can't i can't tell you who among the ones that we killed was night raid
0: yeah who <laughs> what, what does slam pilot <laughs> I, I don't know um yeah, that, that's just uh, maybe if we
1: watch the OVA, Gary. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, this just seemed like a fiddly, overly detailed thing <laughs> to me. Yeah.
1: yeah, but we see this little kid running, and there are explosions, and he's having this flashback to, uh, to like the you know, in the snobs versus slobs. It's the snob who is kind of giving him shit for being mm-hmm. an ender. Which this is just a little throwaway detail. An ender is just one of these street urchins who is foraging and trying to scrape, on, scrape a living away, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's essentially just second-class citizens. So that is the zone that we're in (laughs) with the game. In case anyone was wondering what kind of zone we were in. I kept thinking when I was playing at Zone of the End Tables, which, like, isn't, isn't a just funny IKEA. joke or anything, But I, I had this, like, like this idea in my mind of, like, the space scape with all these cool planets and then just all these end tables floating in the middle and, and piloting them around. Like, I wanted to do a game jam version. You're just piloting a Mecha Dick Van Dyke because he trips over all of them. It's like a <laughs> weird,
1: uh, it's like, quop. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, um, yeah, you have to make it from one end of the universe to the other. Uh, but, uh... Viola, the uh, the villain of this this game uh crushes all your friends. Yep. And uh and they die because of a very Spider-Man like origin because you didn't save them even though you are a person and that is a mac. So <laughs> yep. already we're on a false premise.
1: Yep, so you're you're holding this against you against yourself. You are expected to be sad uh for people who you saw for 2 seconds before they were turned into salsa.
0: Yes, yeah. yeah. For you know a character that you can't even that doesn't even have a character. To, the, the, like a two-dimensional character is supposed to be mourning for one-dimensional characters yep like it it just you know oh, does, doesn't doesn't
1: doesn't work mourning the lines yeah yeah yep. um and then as you are kind of like flashing back to all of this there's this weird eye drone that chases leo this blue-haired boy into a factory where he falls into this uh this mech and activates uh jehuti and the ai that helps uh pilot him which is ada or yep. Ace rather yeah, and Ada ends up being a really important character mm-hmm. um, in both games. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're
0: you now that you're in the mech, um, you're in your first area because there are, there are bad guys about. Um, you're in Factory One um, <laughs> here, and you do this kind of combat tutorial. Um, it should be noted there's only three types of enemies in this game. Yep. That's inexcusable. I know, um, right? <laughs> and uh, but we're introduced to them here, <laughs> um, and that, that's going to be it for the rest of the game. Yep. So you um, got so raptors. Against, yep. And these guys are uh, just kind of the the wiry melee fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll throw... Um, these are the guys that throw javelins from time to time. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah. Or is that the other guy? Yeah. Um, but they're just kind of like, you know, wiry melee fighters. Mm-hmm. You're introduced to your kind of slash attack, um, your lock-on that you have. Um, and this kind of interesting way that it deals with uh, peripheral awareness, mm-hmm. where you have these rings around you.
1: Yeah. I like that a lot. That's really it, good. I think in general the UI in this is fantastic. Like yeah. it's really ahead of its time. Like this is some Dead Space level shit. It's 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 really
0: um, intuitive. Yeah. Like it, it's not precise. Like I couldn't tell exactly how far away something was from looking at these rings, but I always mm-hmm. knew like, oh, this is a really good way to like give you peripheral awareness. Yeah. In a three D space. Like I and I'm surprised I haven't seen it.
1: I, I I don't mean to call out call out your your color blindness, but uh, as stuff gets closer, it actually gets more red.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, you can, you can call it, call it my colorblindness anytime you want. Okay,
1: cool. Yeah. Hey buddy. Yeah, no, we know each other. <laughs> shake Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so like it's, it's super intuitive and like the, the, the things that this game does to help keep you secure in 3d space are so incredibly thoughtful that I feel like I can't compliment them enough.
0: Yeah. It does that wonderfully. Yeah. Like really, really, really well. Um, and, and even down to little things, like I, I was thinking about little things that could ruin this game and actually tip it into like having a strong emotion negatively towards it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things would be uh collision damage. hmm Like that would ruin it. Yeah. Like you can't do this game with collision damage. But they're just really, really you know, they know that's not the point. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't they don't have that. And when you actually touch down, you do this awesome little thing where your feet skate on the, the floor <laughs> yeah. and it looks really badass. It like it's It sounds one of the, great too. It sounds it it gets to me like in a way that <laughs> it's meant to. Like I was just like, Oh, that looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what they—that's what they want. Yeah. Um, after you—you uh, you do this, and you kind—you get to go through this tutorial list that's just presented as like a list, <laughs> you know, to do. Um, and here's a pro tip: if you're doing those, don't do the view, just do the try, because it will tell you how to do it. Yeah. Otherwise, you just have to watch them twice. You're—you're <laughs> um, you're given a health pickup, these Metatron cubes, <laughs> which, in the weird kind of fiddly, you know, over-detailed way, have this increased importance.
1: Yeah.
0: Like they have. Like there's mythology to the Metatron cubes, and they they show up in the second game a lot.
1: Yeah, like, like you're at a
0: Metatron mine or something in the opening.
1: Like the, like Metatron becomes the just kind of like metaphor for the energy struggle, and you know yeah. just just the way that most '80s uh, comedies, the villain was a was a real estate developer, and you had to have a you had to have a car wash to fight him off. Like yeah. the, like the, like the, this feeds into the who whosoever controls the energy controls the world kind of thing. Yeah. But also, yeah. it has something to do with you know Metatron. This is this is something angelic, right?
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. One, one of the old host of uh, angels,
1: mm-hmm. the host, um, like the like the, the archangel. Yeah. The scribe. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. Again, when you're talking about just a metaphor that's like themes upon themes upon themes mm-hmm. are just laid onto this. I'm um, introduced to the second type of enemy, um, mummy heads, <laughs> which are which is a bad name, um, but they are mechs that have shields and engage from a distance. So higher level mummy heads ended up being like the hardest enemy for me mm-hmm. um, because they have very powerful lasers. Yeah. Um, so these are always a uh, a priority to take out mm-hmm. um, for me.
1: Yeah. And just it's so hard. Like, you know, you would think that in a in a combat mechanic where you just automatically can like get behind and circle behind things, something that had a shield would not be as difficult to deal with as it is. Well,
0: it's it's. It's interesting because the shield that they have just reduces damage. Mm-hmm. They put up the energy shield that you do to actually prevent damage. Mm. So you get behind them and they can still put up their energy shield and not get hurt. Mm. You just kind of keep slamming on them until they let it down and then you can combo them. Yeah. You can also throw enemies. Oh, yeah. Uh, which, disappointingly, like, I was always throwing enemies and other enemies. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted it to hurt both of them. Yeah. But it never, it only seemed to hurt the one who I threw. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like this is the coolest thing. This is the coolest verb this game has given me, mm-hmm. is to throw enemies into other enemies, and it's a little bit disappointment. Disappointing. disappointing.
1: Yeah. And like the story, like everything about the narrative is saying, don't throw enemies into buildings because destroying buildings is bad.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it gives you the coolest thing to do, but you're not supposed to do it. <laughs> but you're kind of forced to when enemies are, you know, turtling.
1: Right. So. Yeah, but you break out there and you fight these guys, and somewhere along along, along the line, you fight the ranged enemies as well here but um viola shows up the kind of the the firecracker from the from the opening cutscene uh the 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 one woman of the crew blah blah yeah um and uh is surprised that you're a kid and pretty much everybody who deals with you is like wait a minute you're a kid yeah which which (laughs) you know i wouldn't expect there to be a kid
0: in there i also wouldn't expect the kid to instantly know how to do all this stuff and that's not really explained as far as i know well it's the ai
1: like yeah i mean it's just you He's don't, just riding along. You don't need a pilot so much as you just need some organic matter. It, it's it's <laughs> like
0: how um though those uh those fake roller coaster things, like though those where you sit and it's just a screen. Oh yeah. And then and then and then the roller coaster thing moves you, but you're actually not on a roller coaster. It's <laughs> like those for spaceships. Like you just need to be there and just you just see everything, but you're just on this is like you put a quarter in a thing outside of Walmart. <laughs> and that's what this is like for for Leo. It's
1: the hippity horse, yeah.
0: Yep. Off horse. Um, so you fight. This is not really a boss fight. No. Um, you know, it's, you just you beat her really quick. Yeah. Um, she takes off, um, <laughs> but she's gonna be a thorn in your side. Yeah.
1: And then Ada gives you the death toll for your fight, saying so and so many civilians were destroyed in this. And then and Leo just freaks out.
0: And that's that's, the, that's supposed to be the heart. Yes. Of this game. That's that's the Kojima pet theming of like war <laughs> is bad. Get it.
1: <laughs> um, think about it.
0: Yeah, think about it. It's bad. Um, Atlantis uh, Radio's in. And, um, Elena, who works for this this kind of coalition of the good, um <laughs> understands hey you're you're upset, but we need you to get this this frame to Mars or more people are gonna
1: die. No, civilization um, will end if Bahram gets jehudi. yes, <laughs> which because I it's I, I can't tell if she just if she just like manipulating a child, <laughs> Yeah, yeah like, we didn't just say like you'll get an Xbox if you if Bahram doesn't
0: get the Jehuti. like it's easier to manipulate children than this. all the
1: code red you want.
0: Yeah, and and it sets up, like, what passes for a conflict in this game, is that, like, Leo doesn't want to kill
1: things, <laughs> but things around him do. Yeah. So and, and what's funny, for somebody who says, you know what, I kind of don't want to deal with this whole killing thing, I never come out on Leo's side in this.
0: No, no. <laughs> like, it doesn't, it, it's a certain level, it ends up being, it comes off as what it is, which is just, like, painfully naive kid logic. Mm-hmm. In this weird way, like every time he spares somebody when he shouldn't, it is for detriment. Mm-hmm. Like there's no sense of the greater good. And like, I'm as bleeding hard a liberal as you can get. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I don't want to torture people. I don't want, you know, I don't always go for the greater good, mm-hmm. but it's a video game and it's a war, <laughs> you know, like I feel like the circumstances, it just makes him seem like an
1: idiot <laughs> in the game. It makes him seem like a shitty kid. You know, yeah, like, like yeah. especially when he, when he like throws it back in the face of people who are trying to help him.
0: Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, it'd be like if like, like he's a little kid and his grandma got him a copy of a movie he already had. Mm-hmm. And you were like, well, tell grandma, thank you. You know, like tell her that you really like that movie.
2: Yeah.
0: And and he's like, no, I'm gonna tell her the truth. I already have it. I don't need it. <laughs> and you're like, no, no, no. Like, just tell her that it was really nice. You know, it like she's old and it will make her feel good and leo's just like no i have to tell her the truth i must be brave and then just breaks his grandma's heart and then the game rewards him for it
1: i like think, i'm just picturing like an alternate sketch idea zone of the catcher in the rye yeah <laughs> he doesn't want to be a phony
0: man the uh like using this engine to catch people like little kids as they're falling off of a field would be really good yeah like that this, this would be a great engine for that
2: um
0: <laughs> But anyway, so that, that's the little shithead you're stuck at the head of this entire game.
1: Um, <sighs> I'm so glad they fixed that in the second game, actually.
0: Yeah. but um, So you have, to, you have to get permissions to do all the basic things that video games do.
1: Yeah. So here. you're trapped in this area and you have to go and get these modules, right? Because even though this is a godlike orbital frame that can undo civilization, if the wrong people get their hands on it, God forbid you be able to choose who you attack.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. And uh, so you had to get a thing that lets you uh, fly to different areas mm-hmm. um, here. And then whenever you leave, you get this animation. Um, one of the things that we didn't talk about orbital frames is that they all have dicks. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Even the female huge, ones. All have huge crotch bumps. <laughs> and I don't, that was a, that was definitely a choice. No, it was I a joke. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a cockpit joke.
1: Yeah, no, like so. So the 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 designer who did a, I forget his name? I don't have the page up in front of me. I'm so sorry. But um, he's the guy who did all of the character design and me- like mecha industrial design for uh, Metal Gear. Like he's he's a really good artist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he he did a sketch of the you know the crazy cockpit that goes up when you fly, um, just as a joke. Like haha, isn't this funny? You know, just a, just a, just as a goof, as a as a, an artist will do in their sketchbook. And like, no, actually, that's great. Let's run with it
0: that's weird like that's, that's what i mean when it's a choice like i mean even regardless of what the origin is like somebody was like nope like that's really good um it's that's very it's very strange it's a very weird choice and very disconcerting and like it almost makes me want to give it credit for just trying like the whole thing is supposed to be funny yeah like the whole thing is supposed to be a parody but it's so self-serious that mm-hmm. like i don't buy it yeah like it's the one funny thing in a in a Utterly humorless
1: five-hour slog. Yeah, it's a it's a stretch to call yeah. it to like, to like to like to say that this whole thing justifies all of this being some kind of weird commentary on how goofy these tropes are.
0: Yep. So let's uh let's let's go through these different areas. Um, these are really <laughs> samey. Like we're gonna talk about them, but like boy, and you spent a lot of time backtracking this game. Oh my gosh,
1: directionless, aimless backtracking.
0: Yeah, like I ended up using a guide to tell me where to go for certain things. Me too. Just because. because there's no indication. It's just kind of like you're meant to just go back through all of the areas, you know, mm-hmm. to check and see if that's where the permission slip is to
1: use the item that you need to use. <laughs> yeah, um, <good. sighs> Just unforgivable. I did the same thing because I just I didn't want to prolong this. So like, yeah, it wouldn't have added to the like once I noticed that's what they were doing. I don't need to experience it because I know like, no, you're not going to trick me into doing that.
0: Yeah, I, I know what that adds. It's not enough. So yeah. start off in residential block
1: S O two. Yes, which is where you live. This is your home, and you come in and like, I wonder if father's alive. And Ada says there are no biological signs. Uh, completely uh, numb to the to to the tragedy of a child, but in reality, mm-hmm. most of them were probably evacuated.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah but there is one person left, uh, ceviche, and she <laughs> is a shrimp dish that is made out of well, you, shrimp and lime juice.
1: Well, you see, the <laughs> the citrus cooks the shrimp.
0: Yeah, it cooks your friend, a blue hair girl. <laughs> um,
1: and if she and if she uh, solves enough puzzles, then oh, wait.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. So, so shrimp girl. Selvise. Yeah. You pick up a shrimp girl um, <laughs> from the church. Yep. Um, and she's gonna she's gonna be your buddy, mm-hmm. and hang out
1: inside Jehudi. Yeah. For, why for are while. you saying it like it's a '90s band?
0: Because that's how they say it. In the
1: that's how they say it. They say I I, I always hear the emphasis Jehudi. on Jehuti. Jehuti is is what I hear.
0: I I really feel like I've heard them say Jehuti. It said Jehuti in the sequel, which is weird. Maybe that's what that's why I play more recently. Oh yeah, and that's why I'm doing that. Mm, I just not I, and the Blowfish is what you're working <laughs> towards.
1: Yep, is what I am. Wanna oh, hold your mic? Um. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so she is running towards the church, trying to, uh, save some people are like, no, no, don't save people. That's for me to do. Uh, but then this, uh, this bar guy shows up pilot piloting Tempest, which is this gigantic, uh, jellyfish frame. And boy, oh boy, is this guy smarmy. He calls Jay yeah. he a kid's toy, even though this will undo civilization.
0: That's all of the bosses Yep, are smarmy. Um, except for the lady boss at the end, who's like evil and smarmy. And then the final boss, which we'll get to, who is confident and smarmy, <laughs> uh, or evil and confident, it, it like it makes the the whole transition. Mm. Um, so this is the first boss fight, and and playing through this again, I didn't remember very much from my first time around, mm-hmm. and I was kind of excited for a minute because I was like, oh, is this going to be a series of boss fights? Yeah, like it almost has to be, right? Like mm-hmm. it is, it is like a fighting game engine almost, um, like a very simple, like a power stone mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, but that's not what the game is. No. That's what I thought it was going to be.
1: I mean, just if they, if they had done more of these and it was a higher percentage, like, I can't think of a boss fight in here that's a real bummer aside from the last one.
0: Yeah. They're, yeah, they're not. And I, I didn't even actually, I, like, I mean, if you, if you mean the very last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that sucks. Yeah, that's what I mean. And I guess this is something they do better in the second one. Yeah. my understanding. Um, all the bosses have the same kind of rhythm where you get them down to half health and then they totally change their moveset and get much more powerful. Yeah. Um, and are only, you know, only vulnerable during a certain time.
1: Yeah. Um, and they also control range better than, uh, uh, or, or at least control the space around them better than most of the uh, regular enemies do, any of the other three. Uh, so this guy, he's got these tentacles and he is throwing out these flamethrower um, kind, kind of bits so you can't get close. So this has mm-hmm. to be a ranged battle, even if yeah. up to this point you've never really taken advantage of uh, Jehuti's, uh kind of range attacks because they're fairly weak in comparison. They also have kind of shitty feedback. Mm-hmm. Like when when I would hit with
0: the uh, the charge
1: mm-hmm.
0: or the the dash uh, range attack, I didn't always know I was hitting. Oh yeah, like it, you know, I didn't always know I was doing damage or how much damage. You know, so that was kind of a bummer, and I, I stayed away from them because of that. You didn't watch the uh, you didn't watch the health bar. Um, I I didn't see it or didn't uh, you know didn't, didn't pay register. enough attention to it. Yeah, it was it was lost in the noise. Yeah. Um, so eventually you kill him. He's not too bad. Yeah, and uh, you refuse to kill him, even though he's <laughs> and Ada says like. Hey, he could go get another frame and seek revenge, um, but you're like, no, I won't kill because it's your personality trait.
1: <laughs> and
0: uh, she says you're not good enough to be Piling Juhudi.
1: Yeah, um, or, or at least not good enough to make these choices that you're making. You are you are engaging more risk than you need to be, and you are not competent enough to actually uh, you know you can't you can't cash these checks that you're writing. Yep, seems seems more or less legit. Yeah,
0: um, you rescue Ceviche <laughs> from uh, church. And she hangs out in the cockpit with
1: you. Yeah, so she becomes the uh, the, the the voice of morality to counter Ada's uh, uh, Stark logic.
0: Yeah, we have two voices of, of bland morality, and then <laughs> one voice of logic that turns into a voice of morality. <laughs> um, and then you get the, the javelin subweapon, um, which is arcs when you throw it, which means you'll never hit anything. <laughs> right. And that, that's that's so, it for that. Game. So you, so
1: your lock on doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. do enough damage to to justify the slow the slow fire rate. Yeah. So after you get the useless javelin, you return to the factory because in order to do this transport mission, you, you need more information about the uh about the uh, situation, right? So, Gary, to the data. Yes, you have to go go check out what what data is happening in Narsh. <laughs> um and
0: you get this little this is supposed to be a big moral choice because on your way there's an SOS um where you can either go and help this uh this town or go to the factory It's never a choice, though. (laughs) Like, you can always do both. Right. And that saps any tension from it. Mm -hmm. Um, So you go and do the
1: one, and then nothing about the mission that follows it changes. So you just kind of ignore them as it goes forward. Unless you like fighting. And, like, I would find myself saying, you know what? I don't feel like I'm fighting enough, so I would do these.
0: Yeah. There's only five in the whole game, and Mm -hmm. they're trivial to do. Like, I did them as well but they're not very interesting and they never get more interesting really right um,
1: <laughs> just at the end it's so passive aggressive because if you get like uh below 70% of uh of the civilians surviving uh ceviche says uh well i'm sure you tried your best yeah <laughs> fuck you <laughs>
0: like you know i'm nine right <laughs> <laughs> my, my, um my
1: hair is blue and so is yours have some sympathy yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but after you do that little, the rescue thing, which we talked about how those, those go,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, you head to the factory and there is an EPS microwave field over the the sky in the city. Yeah. And this is going
1: to take up the bulk of the game Yep, <laughs> is getting past these shields. So this is a cool idea. The fact that they will, you know, kind of j- jerry rig these, these, uh, energy systems to microwave any organic matter while preserving whatever is, uh, you know, they're, they're piloting. Mm-hmm. Right, like, like this is straight up just wandering into a microwave oven, essentially, so yeah. they can gather whatever whatever is behind it. However, like, this is the entire middle chapter of the game.
0: Yes, yep. Um, more than I would say, more than the middle. Like, it's, it's like the lengthy middle mm-hmm. section. You spend the bulk of the time dealing with these these force fields. I feel yeah. like. Um, so you have to destroy these generators. Um, you head over to City One <laughs> in order to uh, destroy the generator, um, but you can't actually get it through the shields because it disperses energy. Yeah. So you need a primitive long range weapon,
1: <laughs> which acts just like all of the modern long range weapons. I, I except, I guess it's a rail gun, something. I don't know. It's called um, a sniper rifle when you get it. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> and, and then, it's a, introduced to one of the most infuriating design decisions of the game, mm-hmm. which is to get them. So there's this whole, again, just an over explaining things uh, in town two, there are these things called porters, which are these ways to make a pocket dimension. Like there are little nodes that hide things in a dimension other than ours. And if you destroy the nodes, it releases the thing. Mm -hmm. If I recall, there's no real explanation as to like why these things are here or who put the pocket dimensions.
1: Right. Who is hide there? There's no explanation for who is hiding these necessary things from you.
0: And not all necessary things or anything like if if they could have just been like, oh, there's a rebel group that doesn't want the enemy to get them. Mm -hmm. Here's the secret, you know. No, just a couple things. Um, but for some reason you can't lock onto them. Nope. Which means you have to position your gun to aim at them, which is surprisingly hard. Like this yeah. very this three D system that works so well for combat <laughs> does not work for these kind of ocarina of time style like fire the arrow at the eye above the door.
1: Yeah, it's kind of not things. it's not hit scan either. So just placing the crosshair over top of one of these porters and firing is not enough to destroy them like you have to manage your distance from them and also kind of like manage the arc around it as well and you're going to be destroying like 10 of these at a time it's
0: yeah it's really dumb yeah like it is a real pain in the ass and just feels like really ridiculous padding Mm -hmm. um when you eventually get the sniper weapon you go back to city one and you have to hit these these moving dots yeah on this turbine which is like at least it's it's a gameplay thing that's a little bit different. Yeah, and, and doing it's, some target shooting.
1: And it's generous, yeah. so it's not like yeah. trying to pick out one of these porters where it's very fin- where it's very finicky. You just you know kind of hit near it, and then the dots are destroyed.
0: Yeah, and you have the sniper weapon, which is easier to destroy the porters with as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you um, you you open this thing up, but there are still more
1: shields things you have to power down you've only diminished the shields in order to actually take it out you have to go to these two these two separate and distinct mm, these two separate and distinct mountainous areas to destroy the uh the 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 antenna or at least uh power them down so that the field goes goes away entirely
0: and this could just be like you go do these things but these are really involved too Mm -hmm. um you go to eps1 and you can't actually get to the, this thing has a shield on it. And they're kind of like, why don't they build the whole plane out of the black box thing? <laughs> like, I don't know why the enemy doesn't just put this microwave shield over it, literally everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to kind of go into this, your first indoor area. Yeah. And under this game
1: does not thrive indoors, Gary.
0: No, 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 no. Like, I just kind of hammered on buttons until I won <laughs> in indoor areas. And that's all I could really do. Mm-hmm. Um, you're introduced to the useless halberd subweapon, <laughs> which like roots you in place and is really hard to aim.
1: Yeah, it's like having a gigantic laser greatsword.
0: And at one point, the game says like halberd we- halberd subweapon is good against enemies that use the halberd, <laughs> no which not. are the level three mummies. But no, it's not. <laughs> like getting charging the mummies and just hammering on them is what's good against those mummies. Yeah. Um.
1: <laughs> So, so after you destroy this first, the, the, this first antenna, you go to EPS two, which is the exact same geometry. It's the yeah. same mesh. It's so lazy, <laughs> but except they put a shield up, which
0: they should have done. Yeah, EPS one.
1: It's not just the shield over top of the antenna; it's the shield blocking the entrance to the little highway um, that yeah. leads into the into the little maze inside. So, the, to get through there, that kills
0: anybody who's alive. Ida uh, tells you that there's this ability that Jahuti. Jehu- has to uh, to pilot a drone. <laughs> um, so you go on this very long, like kind of sub quest yeah. to go um,
1: pilot like the weakest version of your enemy, of these raptors. Yeah, and and so just kind of like they lay out these conditions. It needs to be one of these. It can't be damaged. It can't have been piloted by somebody. It has to be a drone. And this is a little bit like call Meryl. Her frequency is on the back of the CD case.
0: It's well, worse than that, I'd oh, say. Yeah, like, yeah, it, it is. It's a little bit like that because I say, I think we saw one somewhere because <laughs> way back in one of the areas you fought, there's one. But the fucking thing that's annoying about that is there's nothing to indicate those aren't damaged. Uh huh. Like, they go out of their way to say they can't be damaged. And you saw, you know, and anything that is not just the general, just like blocky geometry mm-hmm. stands out in this game. So, like, I did notice them. Yeah. But I was like, oh, they're just scenery because they're dead. Yes. They're
1: inert. They're they're embedded in the fucking ground.
0: Yeah. So you presume that they're damaged, but one of them isn't. <laughs> so you have to go get the permission slip to take it over mm-hmm. and then go
1: take it over. Yeah. And this involves, this is the first time where it's really going to ask you to go to every area you've been to before.
0: Yeah. And and I did it. And this was the one time I did it. <laughs> and after this, I was like, that's stupid. <laughs> um, when you start piloting this little drone, you are playing this weak-ass version of the enemy and you still have to fight a lot of guys. Mm-hmm through this maze which is hard yeah um the game is very forgiving as far as like saves and you know continues Mm -hmm. and stuff which is nice yeah um so dying is not that big a deal
1: and even i appreciated this change of pace
0: yeah yeah me too yeah because i appreciate anything like that it did that was different (laughs) like i don't know i could have used some mini games or some shit like Mm -hmm. i don't know um but eventually you get the you get to there and you destroy the weak point and Mm -hmm. uh and get out with your raptor yeah EPS 2.
1: Well, no, the Raptor just kind of like powers down oh, at that yeah. point. I felt Which bad is, for him.
0: Why didn't well Why didn't I bring it back? Because I'm gonna fucking need it later. <laughs> like the fact that they make you retrace those steps is really obnoxious. Like yep. I'll never need this again. It's not like the enemy knows how to make force fields. <laughs> um, I forgot about that. Now yep. I'm mad again. <laughs> so
1: so so with the uh, with the force field down, you can go to one of the three areas that, you, that was blocked off from you before. Yeah, in this like crazy epic cityscape, it's like the inside of this toroid kind of like figure with this energy pillar in the middle of it. Like it looks epic, right? Yeah, and I hate it that word. It looks really cool, but it doesn't.
0: It doesn't really nothing
1: when you actually get to it, it looks cool.
0: Yeah, it looks very early PS two, mm-hmm. um like just very very plain kind of textures.
1: Yeah. Oh man, I just remember one of my biggest uh, disappointments from the PS2 era. Uh, mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier I was a Gundam fan back around this time. Uh, there was a like it was like the first Gundam P- or uh, Gundam game to come out in America. It was like a, a Gundam something or other, Journey to Jabberow, Um mm-hmm. which uh, was just a very clunky. Uh, uh, just kind of like mech combat kind of game, as it would mm. be. And that was just kind of like heartbreaking. And it came out right around the time this this did. And they I, both had very similar looks to them.
0: Like getting into Gundam games would be like getting into Shin Megami Tensei games at this point. Like, is there <laughs> too much there? Like, I would have no idea what to start, yeah. where to start, and what is what. I,
1: I feel like we have more people who are in our fan base who could tell us an entry point to SMT games oh, than sure. for Gundam stuff. So course, like yeah. I like at least there's a little bit of mooring there.
0: I feel like Cat Bailey has probably written like a thousand Gundam, you know, intro to Gundam things because mm. that that's her her jam. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh. So now you can actually uh head towards that city. You've you've knocked down these two things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um,
1: and conveniently, because uh, this is the one point where the game feels to be narratively expedient, as you're flying over this factory, Ada says, "Oh, this is the factory where I was made." That right? is, that, is
0: a- that comes up like in two seconds. Yep. Wait, whoa, so wait, un- wait a minute—is that your
1: home? I do not understand home. I am just a computer. Oh.
0: Uh, <laughs> it's like th- this is so unreasonable. <laughs> so, so you get through the mountains. Um, you're shot out of the air, and it turns out you have a virus. It is acting all weird, and there's kind of shades at the end of Metal Gear Solid 2, which is cool, mm-hmm. where she's saying weird, random, out-of-context stuff.
1: Yeah, she's, like, marking targets as things that they are obviously not.
0: Yeah, yeah. And there's this gigantic super frame in, in front of you, this, like, big, you know, city, city-sized city mm-hmm. frame, and she calls it a raptor. Um, you cannot fight it at this point. No. Um and you have this this uh uh this virus, so you have to go back to her home base, which she just told you about <laughs> and and get this vaccine, which like what 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 metaphors are we mixing here? Like you'll get the vaccine for the the computer virus. But <laughs> I don't even know. Doesn't the vaccine present like prevent something? I I would think so. And it doesn't seem like the correct word for it, you know, no. and it's just kind of weird that it's just a thing you upload. Yeah. But um once you go get this, um, which the the tension here is supposed to be that you can't take any hits mm-hmm. because you're you're stuck at one hit point,
2: point. Yeah.
0: Um, and they give you a metatron right when you get here, and it, just to show you that it doesn't do anything. Yeah, um, but yeah, you have to do a fight against low low, low level enemy without getting hit. Mm-hmm. Um, you do so but you still can't fight this thing because you have to go get another goddamn key. (laughs) Like the lock and key system in this game is unreasonable.
1: Yeah. So if you go back, uh, there's this gigantic energy attack that just like kind of hits you immediately and takes you down to next to nothing. And it says, okay, we can't actually engage this person because it's way too powerful.
0: Yeah. It it one shot me. Like it killed me consistently. Um, so you need to go get permission, a permission slip to use this decoy program. (laughs) Um, and when you, but before you do that, You go to town three where you're going to get the decoy program and find that it's full of
1: invisible enemies. (laughs) Just now. Why wouldn't they use those again? It's the black box argument.
0: So before you go get the decoy program, Mm -hmm. you have to go get permission to go get the stealth vision Mm -hmm. using the raptor that you left in the fucking tower.
1: Yes. The raptor that you left in the fucking uh, tunnel system, which you had gotten some kind of crazy anti-stealth thing from him at that point in order to see a crack in a wall. Yes. (laughs)
0: Yes, <laughs> so he's gonna help you see these guys. Like this is inception levels of like <laughs> questing. Like th- it is, it is like a fetch quest with just like layers and layers of going inwards. It's so weird. <sighs> um, and some programs have multiple parts and multiple passwords. Mm-hmm. Uh, the decoy part is you have to kill all these ghost enemies
1: mm-hmm. to, in order to to, get, to get one of them, and then you just have to go back to EPS one and then EPS two in order to get. the 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 password there for decoy one or something like that like Like we're spending one sentence
0: on it but keep in mind it is a tedious pain in the ass that involves a bunch of backtracking yes
1: um (laughs) and then once you get the decoy program which is pretty cool right so if something is doing a big charge up attack uh you can leave just kind of a ghost image of yourself so it'll go after that or even just regular enemies will attack that as you are freed up to maneuver around them that's pretty cool you Mm -hmm. you still can't go fight this tyrant enemy because you have to get ammo for the decoy which is nowhere nowhere to be found
0: (laughs) i think that's really annoying so you have to go back to all the areas that you were there in the first place and hope they give you ammo because it's semi-random and prior we before you have the decoy. You would get ammo that said, like, question mark ammo because you uh-huh. don't have the permission slip to use it. But you have no idea if it's decoy or a future weapon.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, like, you can't just go to all the different question mark ammos you've been to. You have to Jesus. actually keep trying them until you get to decoy. Eventually, you fight the giant thing. It's tyrant, mm-hmm. um, which actually I like this fight. It's pretty good.
1: Yeah. Um, pretty good. <laughs> He's got a creepy Christian Slater voice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's smarmy, but also evil.
1: <laughs> You're just a kid
0: the kid yeah, um the uh so you you take him out just using the decoy, yeah thing for the first phase, and then he turns into a huge battleship yeah. like that
1: spends most of its time like charging you, yeah, so you have to play Toro with him, and you know the, the 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 decoy doesn't lose its effectiveness here, you can actually lure him over toward one side of the map or just leave that there and like have him expose his back as he's trying to kill what he thinks is you,
0: yeah, so I actually like this fight, mm-hmm. um. After you destroy him, um, all the raptors—not all the raptors in the game, just the raptors here—yep, go limp. And uh, Ada at this point is learning. Yeah, uh, you're you're turning her into an obnoxious little shit.
1: <laughs> She's uh, yeah, it's like the Dreamcast. She's learning, um, yeah. But but it's really passive aggressive. She's like, well, I won't tell you to finish him off because I know you won't.
0: Yeah, it's it's so weird. Like, like it's kind of. It doesn't. It's like a computer voice that doesn't sound anything like a computer. Uh huh. Or an AI that doesn't behave anything like an AI. Mm-hmm. Um, it still has too much personality coming in. Um, so next up, um we get connected to Thunderheart. <laughs> who, who is the
1: Which the... like Thunderheart, let's let let's pitch something to Adult Swim where Jason Mansukis from the league like plays some kind of uh <laughs> some kind of like mystic named Thunderheart. Yeah. <laughs> in the modern age. Let's do that. Come on, man. It would be like um, what's the thing with uh, Chris Elliott?
0: Oh yeah. Um, Eagle Heart. Eagle Heart. There we go. It'd be yeah. like a like a spiritual successor. Yeah. That would be that would be great. I love the man Zook. <laughs> yeah. So
1: But but yeah, Thunderheart contacts you. Um and he's kind of the the representative from the uh from the Alliance of All That Is Good Uh that you are taking Jehuti too. Um but he didn't know that you were a kid either. Everybody expresses surprise. You would yep. think word would get out. <laughs> yes. Um <laughs> Good. There's a little bit of
0: like just kind of strum and drang here. Mm-hmm. There's some melodrama going on. I'm not a killer like you are. You don't yeah. care. But yeah. It, but it turns and he's out... like you think I don't care, <laughs> Elena. I was Elena's boyfriend, or Alan, the original runner of that, was my best friend, <laughs> and also Elena's boyfriend. Here's some exposition to give you like these illusions of connection between these characters that we can't care about one of the characters, the people that they're mourning over. You never ever saw. Yeah. so It's like, this is based on like, and this is almost the kind of cool meta thing. I'd almost give this credit for. Uh-huh. It's like based on an anime that doesn't exist, oh. but it requires intimate knowledge of that anime to work. Oh yeah. But it doesn't work. Like it's like a tie. This is like a shitty tie in game for something that doesn't happen. <laughs> you know? Um, Yeah anywho
1: <laughs> but, but, yeah, so you know he, he they, they throw that back in his face, and again, I fucking hate Leo, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, He's like the worst, don't, don't pretend nobody else has struggles, come on, man, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're you're gonna you need a lot of growing up to do, leo uh, <laughs> you, you fictional character who can't argue back, I can't so, mic drop you, <laughs> so so there's a there's a
0: part here where there's an orbital frame covering the dam, and you have to do this kind of like stealth it's not really even a stealth mission because you can't really go above it but you go kind of go through these damn tunnels it's It's like like, somewhere between the indoor and outdoor area it's it's
1: like a level from rogue squadron
0: yeah yeah that's pretty pretty legit um and there's a lot of ammo here because surprisingly they're
1: stocking you up for the end of the game Mm -hmm. like we we (laughs) so we've been talking about this game for about an hour now
0: yeah and we're we're really giving it are all like this. Is, we don't really need to talk about this much. It's just like so much dumb nonsense happens, but you like know. the, all the backtracking stuff that you do, like doesn't actually matter. Like we're already towards the end. We, we got through that force field. That was all we really needed to do. Mm-hmm. And now we're there. We're preparing us for the end game. Weirdly enough. I mean, we have a boss before that, but mm-hmm. that's why they're stocking you up with ammo now. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> so you get through this, this whole area kind of, and there are these forced encounters, like guys that will ambush you
1: Yeah.
0: as you're getting this ammo. Ah, uh, but you end up with another boss. This is Nebula.
1: Yeah. Um. So it was you who got her all flustered. He says.
0: Yeah, it's it's good dialogue. <laughs>
1: and um, uh, this is like an inverse of the of the Tyrant fight. He starts out in battleship mode. Um. But yeah. uh, as you are kind of playing Tora with him, he eventually turns into this kind of octopus mech midway, and he does better than most of the other bosses at uh kind of covering himself and really restricting the amount of time that you can do damage to him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's essentially like he will do this kind of like leap up above you Mm -hmm. and then fall down into the ground, which is where you want to hit him. Mm -hmm. Um, If you hit him right before or right when he does that, um, you can actually stun him and get some hits in. Yeah. Um, But you have to do that then.
1: Yeah. And he also uh, has access to a weapon that you do, this phalanx, which I ended up using a lot because it fills a whole area with damage causing kind of particle
0: kind of thing. Yeah, it's like a machine gun.
1: Yeah. And so so he is kind of doing that to uh, kind of deny certain areas to you. Yep.
0: Um, so now we're entering into the end game mm-hmm. um, after you beat him. Uh, you find out, you find Noman and Viola uh, talking about these preparations they're making. And Noman has something called Anubis, <laughs> which is, like, I, we keep drawing attention to the fact that we keep, you know, that we've been called to task about not liking anime stuff. Mm-hmm. This feels like a real anime trope, though. This just kind of hushed tone about something that means nothing to the audience. Yep. <laughs> and I hate it. Like, it is, it is fine for me to hate it. I don't feel bad about disliking this kind of like, oh, he's got a Nubis. Oh, it doesn't create oh. mystery with, with <laughs> if I have no information as to what it is. No. Like, and, it and, doesn't work. And all it takes is to say, we found the second one. Or, well, yeah, or like, <laughs> so a better way to do that, and I'm not trying to say like a more Western way or a more traditional way, but show me mm-hmm. like the, the aftermath of it. Yeah. Like, and, and it's something that happens all the time in like Easter games. Like when in Middle Gear Solid, you don't like, you don't hear the guards go like, oh, the cyborg. The cyborgs (laughs) here. And then you have to be scared of the cyborg. You come across the aftermath Mm -hmm. and that communicates to you (laughs) by, you know, by showing rather than telling Mm -hmm. that this means something. Yeah. And it is a trope of anime. I feel that when there's just kind of this overemphasis on a name and that's supposed to do all of this shortcut work to kind of make me feel something.
1: Mm-hmm. The fact and that something is work a proper noun loads it with enough that you know that like this needs to be important. So a proper noun, you are, you are expected to feel the same way that somebody intones that proper noun. It's, it's, it's like bad comic books, mm-hmm. like super
0: shitty silver age comic books did this. And bronze bronze age comic books um, did this mm-hmm. where like, you would just get to the end of the thing and it'd be like, nothing can stop you know, the controller. I <laughs> think like that was supposed to be like, Oh shit. <laughs>
1: you know, this, this is going to be a character I'm going to find out about soon. Isn't it?
0: But this like storytelling has evolved now mm-hmm. to where that like, doesn't like happen so often. Like it's matured to where like, you know, the kind of storytelling techniques that you use in another medium mm-hmm. have been applied here. And I like those storytelling techniques. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like this storytelling technique. Yeah, It's not all anime. that has this it's just (laughs) something i associate hashtag yeah not all anime it's something i just associate Mm -hmm. with with anime yeah and that i don't like (laughs) um and this is this is i mean just like at this point like i i'm like like i'm getting more mad talking about this game than i was playing it (laughs) like at this point i was just like who who i don't give a shit who this is like what is this Mm -hmm. i haven't cared about a thing like you haven't You have an inspired feeling in me. You you haven't earned any of this. No, no. Like none of the gravity is earned.
1: Yeah. And, and like, but by, by appealing to fans of these, like, you know, the people of that is that, that is, you know, laser targeted towards like that, that method of storytelling. They're just, they're just making an assumption that you're going to fall into the ruts. Yeah. And, and and follow the path along.
0: And if it works for you, that's great. Yeah. I think it's pretty bad. Yeah. Like you don't have to think it's bad.
1: Mm -hmm. I think it's pretty bad though. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah. So Anubis. <laughs> Anubis. So there we go. We don't find out about this until a little Anubis bit. Anubis is
0: the Jack Kelso of this game. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like in <it> every way. <laughs> Exactly. But that doesn't <laughs> pop up until later. We have a score to settle oh, with, uh, right. with, with, with with Viola, right? And she comes in and you know she knows you're a kid, so she's torturing you, calling you. Uh, she's like Nelson Muntz when Bart kills those birds with a BB gun. <laughs> oh, you're <laughs> a killer, aren't you a killer? Yeah. <laughs> how, how did you feel when you killed them, she says? Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And that, that's his one, that's the one aspect of his personality. So it's his weekend strong point. <laughs> um, and you, you do this fight. With, with her. Oh no, not not yet. It's not really a um, fight. It's
1: more of just kind of like a like a trick. scene to think it's thinking it's interactive.
0: Yeah, you're right. Like it, later, you fight her. I, I was getting ahead of myself. Um, she kind of uh, uh, restrains you, mm-hmm. and Ada says, "Hey, we can escape mm-hmm. at any point, um, but you don't want to do that because you want to mm-hmm. protect Ada, and uh, Ceviche, and <laughs> Jehudi. Um, so you're just gonna get through it." Yep. There's no, like, explanation for how, like, you are a guy looking at a series of panels on a computer. <laughs> how are you doing something the AI doesn't know how to do? <laughs> like, through sheer willpower.
1: Yep. Like, it makes no sense. It's it's like the end of, like, Star Wars Episode Three. Oh, she died because she lost the will to live. Said a robot. Yeah. Said <laughs> a robot surgeon. Like, says so a
0: robot that knows everything about medicine that's ever been discovered in the yep. history of the galaxy. <laughs> Um, uh, (laughs) oh good night so so eventually you get out of the thing and this is where you actually do the fight Mm -hmm. with her right and i Uh, like this fight too no no, like
1: there's there's just like a little bit of this like because because there's enough like they need to build up the grudge Gotcha. Yeah. You know, right it's, gotcha. it's 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 not enough there right so you know you you get away and there's uh, i forget who says the quote but in battle every time you wonder whether or not to do something you end up losing i forget who says this but somebody says this to you as you you know land on the the you know the carrier where uh, where thunderheart comes out and greets you yeah And it yeah, yeah. says the next time you try and do some stupid shit like that i'm gonna fucking eject you yeah, <laughs> he is the hero we need. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but as you know, but as you're there, you're finding out that uh, the you know Barum's plan is to you know send the colony into the middle of Jupiter, right? Oh no, we have to stop them. And you know, Ceviche gets out and she runs up and you know, like she says, "You're going to protect me no matter what," right? As Viola shoots her through the chest, <laughs> <Yeah. Aris> style. <laughs> so, so you think this
0: would be like a thing that you would learn? <laughs> Right. Like that's almost a character arc. Like I don't kill it under, under any circumstances. Mm-hmm. I, I spare this person. They killed the person who I love, mm-hmm. but I never got the impression that Leo grew as a person or anything no. as a result of this.
1: Because a kid won't. Yeah. Cause he's a fucking kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kids don't get beyond like reward and punishment until like they're fucking 25. Yeah. So... <laughs> like, yeah. He just got object permanence.
0: <laughs> How are you expecting him to like have character traits? um
1: peekaboo what yeah, yeah.
0: well that, that's how you escape uh-huh like that that's totally makes sense like it's for <laughs> it's object permanence yep <laughs> i'm just picturing that start?
1: as a stat in a jrpg yeah. <laughs> make an object permanence roll <laughs> dungeons and dragons babies oh my yeah. gosh yeah. they use like nerf <laughs> weapons it's a good idea <laughs> gary different colors of kool-aid or different potions That's that's a great idea uh, okay let's that's edit that out okay we need yeah. to capitalize on that go ahead gary okay okay
0: um i i may or may not edit that out um so she uh after she kills your your lady um you're gonna go and get revenge at the spaceport mm-hmm. and
1: settle the score yeah because and... they're going after the core of the uh of, of the thing itself right of the yep. colony
0: yep <laughs> um and you're, you're flying towards it this is a long cutscene. yes like be- between the end like this is this gets really kojima-y um And you're like, oh, I don't know if, uh, if Ceviche is okay. And Ada says, you know, why did you try to save me? I'm just an AI. Thank you. She's growing feelings.
1: (laughs) Um, she expresses gratitude, which a system shouldn't do except to say thank you for defragging me. Yeah. Um and Leo <laughs> tells this rambling story I'm not sure the point of, because he talks about this time where his dad took him out to eat, even though they were poor and you never go out to eat. But then he the conclusion he draws was I was always unwanted, even though even though my dad was doing this nice thing for me.
0: Well what are you talking about?
1: Leo <laughs> <laughs> this I wanted to go to Cheddar's and he took me to Fridays.
0: It, it it is like a little kid. Like it's like how a little kid will tell stories and just be like, and then I saw this, and then I went to this, and then I like what are you what are you doing? What are you doing, you little weirdo? It's like um in Jurassic World. Have you seen Jurassic World?
1: No, man, I'm not gonna watch that shit.
0: Uh, <laughs> um it, you know. It is the premier place to see dinosaurs doing dinosaur shit. Okay. Um, there's a part where the two main boy characters, out of nowhere, tell each other the story about their grandpa and thinking they saw a ghost, and it literally come. It's just like this. Like they they come to a nonsensical conclusion, and it has no bearing on anything that's happening around them. It's exactly like this.
1: Yeah. And so, and so his conclusion about this is that he was always unwanted. So therefore he will do whatever he needs to do to feel needed, which is like, there are several names for that psychological complex. (laughs) He is, he is entering a life of codependence.
0: Yeah. He's going to, he's going to make a a lot of women very unhappy (laughs) before he eventually goes through therapy and fixes himself. (laughs) Um, But of course, Ada is now on team Leo (laughs) and (laughs) says like, Hey, you know, um, I need you, you know, because, uh, I can't feel sorrow and you can. Mm-hmm. So let's team up. <laughs> Blah. I, um, I just love
1: that humanity through osmosis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you get to yeah. the core, um, and Viola is there and Noman is telling her like, just, just run Viola. Come on. You're being, you're being stupid. But she says, oh, my mech, Nath is, is immortal. And so she needs to, uh, you know, satisfy her vendetta because she hates this kid as
0: much as we do. Yep
1: yeah and so um this is uh kind of like a a little puzzle encounter puzzle in quotes before you get to the boss fight i really don't like this so you have these bombs that are placed there to disable the core which is fighting the gravity and if they go off then the uh then the colony will fall into jupiter itself and be consumed by the storm um and so you have to go in you can't throw them but you have to hold on to them and grab onto them and you can't be attacked otherwise they're going to blow up
0: yeah, so essentially, and and there's unlimited guy, bad guys. Yeah. Here. So you, you take out a group, and then, um, I didn't have that much problem with this, just because th- I wanted a little bit more tension. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the, the bombs are so far apart that, like, I would fight some guys, and then after I killed them, I'd go to a bomb, and the other guys would just not find me. Oh. Before I disarm the bomb. Um, I don't know why that is. Why yeah. I had an easier time. It could just be die rolls. But this, like, seemed very intense to me. Mm. Like, it was just a fight, and then just go stare at it the wall for four seconds
1: i wouldn't call it tense it was just it was just annoying and like i think what contributed that too is like this is a gigantic cylindrical battlefield but there is a definite down that you're supposed yeah. to observe like there is gravity to this and it doesn't just treat the uh the the the, the, the curvature of the cylinder as the normal yeah, yeah which yeah. which is which sucks <laughs> yeah. yeah you know
0: to do the end of the game and do the the final actual boss fight in this arena is a mistake yeah um but so then v- you, Viola shows yeah. up. Yeah. Um and she's like zombie Viola at this point. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like this is this is her literally like coming back, her her mech came back from the dead or something like that. Because you've yeah. already defeated her once. Mm-hmm. Um and her whole thing is she shoots these very like tightly homing um sets of six energy balls at you. Yeah. Um that you have to dodge very late, mm-hmm. which I like. It made me feel like it felt like Dark Soulsy. Mm-hmm. Um or, or, I mean, I guess like God Handy. And then, uh, but you really just want to get close to her. And that's what you had to do when you fought her before as well. Yeah. Um, you know, get really, really close to her into Slam Jam.
1: Yeah. But if you can stay close, she can't fire off her most potent potent attacks. Um, yeah. and even though she has kind of these really cool, like, segmented arms now. And yeah. It's kind of like floating along like, a energy, though they're, they're, they're not like affixed to anything. Like, that's cool. Like, universally, like, the design of what you're fighting is great.
0: They're the puzzle, puzzling stone sword from Dark Souls 2, huh. or the, uh, the Ivy's whip. Yeah. It's like soul yeah, caliber. Exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um. And so like, if you can figure that out and if you're aggressive enough, then you'll be good. And like that plays into kind of just how heightened you're supposed to feel at this point. Like you can't play it safe in this fight. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. <laughs> after you kill her, um, she says, like, don't,
1: don't listen, idiot. Like, don't save me. Yeah. she. So she's exploded through the wall of the colony and she is, you know, descending into, into the, you know, the, 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 gravitational field of Jupiter. And Ada says, you know, there's a slim possibility we could save her. And she's like, no, because if you save me, I'm going to come back and fight you and kill you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it reminds me of that. Like, I, I mean, I'm loathe to be, to quote anything from Firefly because like <laughs> Firefly fans, but like there's that really great bit at the end of one of the episodes where the he has the hostage and the hostage is like you know if you don't kill me i'm going to come back and destroy everyone you ever loved blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. and then he kicks him into the turbine of the ship and pulls out another guy and
1: asks him the same question i love that so much that is such a good scene it's super good
0: it's like that it's like god damn it leo learn the hint
1: yeah get it you know fool me once shame on you like this, yeah. is, this is pretty much it and then she goes and gives a whole bunch of like backstory about how she you know bathed in the blood of her enemies and, and you know dined on their flesh uh you know talks about just again being forged on the battlefield like olga you know from the demo yeah. that they shipped with right
0: yeah <laughs> it it is this is the a really kojima thing yeah this this death monologue mm-hmm. that gives you background that you don't necessarily have until this point
1: yeah and like, um it's, it's it's i mean it's It's fine. It's a blunt instrument.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's not uh, it's not great though, and I don't care about this character. No. And eventually, you know, so you don't actually save her. You kind of learn your lesson, but I just kind of think that she talked like she tricked you into not saving her by (laughs) telling you her story and distracting you until it's too late.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about how she no longer functions as a woman. What does that mean?
0: Yeah, I don't I don't know what that means either. But I I had the sense that it was gross. Yes. Like I don't know what that, what that's implying about women, but yeah. I don't like it. Um, but she eventually disintegrates in the mm-hmm. core of Jupiter. Yeah, and uh, and gives her final line about how, uh, you know how beautiful the stars really are. Radom, I can be with you at last.
1: <laughs> so, ra- oh no, she was she she was significant other with Radam. She yeah, died in not, the fourth war five years ago.
0: Yeah, not Radam.
1: Oh boy, it all makes sense now, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it puts everything else in context. Ah. Uh,
0: uh, so that that's actually the final boss. Yes, it is. So this is so goddamn weird.
1: <laughs> so that's not the end of the game. It feels like a like a like a sequel hook.
0: It is well that's it's one hundred percent what it is. So yeah. like so you yeah, uh, uh, Ada tells you someone's behind you, <laughs>
1: and it is uh, Anubis. Yeah, it is. It is Noman who is who is piloting Anubis, which is the brother frame to Jehuty.
0: Yes. And he's invincible. Mm-hmm. Um, he teleports around. You can't hit him with anything. He just monologues for a little bit. <laughs> um, and again, in a very a thing I associate with anime, um, <laughs> it's just like, you know, you're not strong enough to defeat me yet. Mm-hmm. We no, will be later.
1: Even more than that. I think Ada says you are not destined to meet yet. Yes. Yeah. This, this crazy voice of pure Vulcan logic says <laughs> yeah. you are not destined to meet yet. What? What, are you, what is going on? God, um, god
0: damn it so he is seemingly consuming the blast but he's not <laughs>
1: uh, um yes and as because, as as your allies blow aside you know blow a hole in the side of the colony so you can get to them
0: yes um and you fly to his cargo carrier <laughs> and that's like and that's the end of the game yep. like uh you're, you're you're now in endless cutscene mode of the ending <laughs> where Thunderheart tells you ceviche is fine
1: um and you thank ada for your help mm-hmm. and she thanks you but then she says is that the correct term to express human gratitude wait
0: i like i don't like that trope in the best of times nope. like the the data like what is this thing called love <laughs> like, I, I love data uh-huh i that's my favorite star trek character of all time like i love data and they do really interesting things with that shit mm-hmm. in that thing And the reason how they make it interesting, and they they fucked it up in the movies, but they spent (laughs) eight seasons with him never getting it. Yep. And, like, the times he got it were always tinged with darkness. Like, it was, like, a virus, or it was him being reprogrammed or something like that. Like, it was always dark and terrible when Mm -hmm. he got it. He didn't just just spend a couple hours, like... Like I said, it literally feels like 90 minutes you're spending Mm -hmm. with this kid (laughs) of just going from a machine to an emotional
1: AI (laughs) just from talking to an idiot 10-year-old. Yeah, but what if there's a god in the machine who is learning from the innocence of a child? right like like what what if this pairing was the only thing that could save us and what if we need to establish some kind of high school academy where we can harness that incense <laughs> and pair it with the technology of war in order to under, undermine the uh, you know the, the the function of war itself and all of them could be named after different kinds of flowers yeah, yeah. <laughs> what
0: if <laughs> um, what what specific anime is that? It's not one, oh, Gary. I'm just
1: <laughs> pitching shit, okay?
0: Like it, 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 you you got me. Like it sounds exactly <laughs> like you. You totally fooled me. And again, I'm so sorry to anybody who likes anime. I'm not judging you for liking it. You have we're, to recognize that there's nothing to back it up here. Yeah, we're we're talking about the worst of its tropes. Yes. Like and 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 being used the worst, which happens in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it is like an origin story, like. Mm-hmm. You, you have taught Ada sentience, um, you know, and you join the team and you're sad and that's it. Like, oh. It would
1: be like where the game would begin. Oh, and Ceviche is alive. Yeah, <laughs> Therefore confirming course. that there are no stakes.
0: Yeah, exactly. There are no stakes and there was no, uh, you didn't have to make this ultimate sacrifice that you made because there was no actual impetus for it. <laughs> so no character growth that can happen.
1: <laughs> so there's one really crazy final revelation that Ada makes to you. Um, right before these credits uh, that you get, which is the ultimate purpose of why you are delivering Jehuty into the hands of this seeming force for good.
0: Yeah, so like I will, I will admit to a certain level of like being really checked out <laughs> at this point. Like, and I and I rush, I go back and forth between like a professional responsibility for the podcast to pay attention to the games we're playing versus like it's in, it's information if the game is not doing a good enough job to interest me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a valid response. And that's kind of where I was at with this. So I yeah. only kind of got it. Like, she is meant to be some kind of self-destruct yeah. mechanism, Trojan horse kind of thing, right?
1: <laughs> yes. And so the purpose that she has been programmed with is there is this base on Mars where all of the Bahram forces. Remember Bahram? You know, yes. I, I didn't either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is And Jehuty and Ada have been programmed to be piloted into the center of that um in order to you know self-destruct and thus take down the uh the heart of this evil enemy force that is the scourge of the solar system um and so leo he comes back and says no i can't let that happen that is unacceptable to me um i can't understand why ada is purely limited to jehuti I don't know. <laughs> in most other like instances where the story is told, the AI is in the clid and just kind of like, oh, if the, if, if my body dies, that can be replicated eternal. So that's super goofy and just seems to be some kind of like manufactured melodrama around, you know, you've just built this thing from a pure agent of cold logic into something that has a spark of humanity. And now you're sending it off to die. You're sending it to the farm upstate.
0: Yeah, and expecting us to care about it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, which, like, at this point, <laughs> I, don't. I, I didn't. Yeah, I don't. So, I mean, I, I get the idea that it was supposed to be a, an amazing plot twist. And, like, I can see people writing in and being like, you know, that plot twist really worked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but It, it, it didn't... may have
1: worked for me at the time at 14 years old.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: I can't remember, but it may have.
0: It's it's telling that, like, I played this when I was young younger and literally remembered nothing about the plot. Like all I remembered was shooting shit, you know. Even and and I wasn't fourteen; I was older than that because I'm I'm older than you. But I was, you know, old enough to like pay attention. I just was bored then. I just didn't remember that. I just remembered fighting. Yeah, you know.
1: Anywho, <laughs>
0: and, and that's the end of the
1: game. Like. Yep. No, what just like happened? You're, you're, you're reuniting with all of them, seeing a lot of them for the flesh in the first time yeah, over yeah, the credits. Yeah, all your old friends. Like, <laughs> that guy and that name. Yes, and that voice. Yeah. Like, that voice now has a face. What?
0: Like, it really does feel like a tie-in for something that doesn't exist. Yeah. And and that's almost cool, mm-hmm. but not. Like, <laughs> it, is, it is almost
1: cool, but it isn't. Yeah, and so, like, at the time, you know, like, if we're going to enter into final thoughts here, I was affected by this as mm-hmm. a... Okay, so this came out in 2001. I was 14 years old. Like, as a 14-year-old playing this over summer break at my grandma's cottage, I was like, I, was, I, I bought into it. It was good. Like, you know, so, you know I'm down, right? You know, mm-hmm. I I'd, I'd played through all of, the, all of the Metal Gear, you know, thing, or I was between playthroughs. Like, I'll check out this game that came with this. And, like, it was down. It was, it was enough. But, like, looking back on it, All I can think is like, this was a kind of on the, uh, in the twilight of my, the twilight of my anime years, right? Mm -hmm. Which we've talked enough about that, but also like, I think a lot of my goodwill just kind of represents what I felt towards the PlayStation 2 and that era of games or that generation of systems at the time, right? Because this is a tech demo for what you can do with light and what you can do with motion and camera and 3d space. And, you know, just audio and, you know, all these things that the PlayStation did, it did so much better here, or at least in more abundance or with more seeming technical competency without any of, like, the editorial control over what made sure any of it was kind of, like, meaningful or resonant.
0: Yeah, right? it, it, it's it's monumentally shallow. Yes. Like, as a, as a game experience. Um, it is very pretty. Mm-hmm it's not like you don't have fun during some of the fights in like a real quarter of kind of way, mm-hmm. but it is so shallow. And so, uh, like, it, it, I mean, you, you said it earlier. Well, where it's like, it's disrespectful of your time, but it only asks for a little bit,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, it's like, I don't like it. If somebody like hits me on the back of the head, <laughs> but I'm not going to start a war over it. It just kind of like, eh, that kind of sucks. And that's what zone of the unders is like, yeah like, and it's also like, I, I don't know, as I said, it made me more mad talking about it than it <laughs> actually did playing it. Yeah. Like in retrospect, actually kind of sitting down and examining the game and spending like twice as much time as you're really meant to spend on it between mm-hmm. like playing it and research and recording the show. Yeah. Um, I think this is in like the bottom quarter of games we've done for the show. Like, it's it's not pretty, just a... pretty firmly like
1: this is a pretty bad game. It's not just a popcorn muncher. It's popcorn. It's mostly air, and it's meant to deliver fat and salt to you—things that are immediately biologically satisfying.
0: It's it's like that, but also well, yeah, and and then also some things that are really unsatisfying. Yeah, like it's like fat and salt, and then also, you know, iron fillings or (laughs) something to be all the the bad, yeah, like the 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 irritating melodrama and unearned thing that spends you spend a fifth of your time on, like. Mm You know, if you go on YouTube and watch the Zone of the Enders like movie, that's all the cutscenes put
1: together, mm-hmm. hour and ten minutes. Yeah. Um, and and so if we think about like why does this still holds, you know, because when we put out the call, people are like, oh wow, here's this in the sequel, and I'm sure people were, you know, like people uh, were, were kind of upset that we didn't do the sequel, and I'm kind of upset we didn't do the sequel too, because like yeah. a video about 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 the first Zone of the Enders is enough to understand the context, right? But, yeah. Like, the, the, the reason this series as a whole kind of sticks out is because of technical and business reasons.
0: Yeah, it's weird. It is a, you know? not an artistic triumph. Like, it is not a triumph of game design. It's a triumph of, of visuals and, and Metal Gear Solid 2. <laughs> um, the Part of the thing about doing starting the second one, like, yes, in retrospect, it might have been a good idea, but it also would have felt a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. Because you can usually rely on a game's prequel to have bearing, Mm-hmm. You know, like, so we just did this with 999, which is another game that, like, everyone says the sequel is better. And and you, you know, you'd back that up as well. Yep. And I believe it, it is better. But 999, for all of the problems I had with it, mm-hmm. didn't feel like, like, this feels like it doesn't even, this could have just been a cut scene in the beginning of the sequel. <laughs> there, like, there was a kid who found this and then hid it away. Totally. Like, 999, at least, for all the problems I had, like, there was stuff to it. Mm-hmm. I didn't like all the stuff, but there were things to it. Yeah. This is just like a waste of time. <laughs> um, like I can't recommend this game to anybody. Yeah. It is, and I played the second one for about an hour. It is. It looks better. Like the the cutscenes are not PS2 like Galerians level, you
1: know. <laughs> Models like it's actually well, anime. No, P- the G- Galarians was PS1. Gary. Galarians.
0: <laughs> oh well, what am I thinking? Then what's the sequel to Galarians that no, was? That that
1: was on PS2. <laughs>
0: oh, okay.
1: Um. The. Uh... It, was, it, it was it was Ash. Galarians Ash.
0: There we go. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um. You know, it looks better. The anime cutscenes look better, and it is faster. You know, the mm-hmm. the combat's faster. You fight more things at once. You're immediately in better varieties of environments. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's just like I just didn't want to do. Like, playing this as a 10-hour game, like, that that control scheme, even with a little bit more oof to it, doesn't support it. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't bring myself to do it. I really mm-hmm. thought, like, I had enough time because it was a short game. And I was mm-hmm. like, I could I could do this and play
1: Metal Gear Solid 2 demo,
0: Zone, <laughs> Z- Zone of the Enders, and this. Yep. Like, I just didn't
1: want to. No. I, and, like, I did the same thing. Like, I opened it up. And Zone of the Enders 2 does not put us best play forward. Everybody. No, no. Yeah. Like, I, b- I believe that it gets better. like uh-huh. I
0: believe it when people say that, but I it doesn't start out fun no um like the the initial combat, the the um getting around and like the thing that you cannot mm-hmm. move like the uh, the first like you know junk droid mm-hmm. you're in or whatever
1: yeah um no no, no good. it's it's one of those things I'm happy I own. and I think that that is one of the good things about this HD remake kind of kind of craze it's just kind of like oh you can get a hold of these things and they're going to be playable for the foreseeable future on yeah. these on these systems right you know at a at a standard that you can you know kind of appreciate like it is not going back to and pulling out your whoo, pulling out your ps2 and putting it in and playing N S D, sd right like for our for our archival purposes it's here and in some far off future when i can play games for fun i can see myself playing zone of the enders too yeah but yeah hot on the heels of this and even in the stead of this i don't know i feel like we probably got more interesting conversation out of one than two
0: yeah and probably more interesting conversation out of metal gear solid 2 demo yep than one (laughs) like that is the most noteworthy thing (laughs) about this game um what are we doing
1: next time Cole? gary the next time we are doing our summer uh, jrpg which is paper mario yeah. Um, yeah. So this is going to be different than previous times we've done a summer JRPG. Uh, previously, we had done episode, extra episode, episode, extra We're going to be doing two episodes and then an extra episode. Um, yep. So if you're listening to this and you have thoughts on Paper Mario, um, go ahead and send them in because you don't have to worry about a split.
0: Yeah. And this might be a good like I like this this methodology mm-hmm. for this. It's also it's similar to how we did Final Fantasy VII, how we did Morrowind. Yep. Um, things like that and it makes a lot of sense yeah this bump,
1: man i agree yeah
0: and uh and and this is already feeling like a balm after um <laughs> the games we've played so far yep for the summer like i've i started playing i a couple hours in and like it is charming and fun it is a jrpg but it is manageable and cute yeah um so i'm i'm into it
2: mm-hmm.
0: um after that we're announcing our next game we we got a little bit of you know behind <laughs> announcing them but i'm very happy to announce yeah um that we're playing doom 2 yeah so How this... is that gonna be like a breath of fresh air? <laughs> like, <laughs> just like shoot some shit with some some Iron Maiden like MIDI music covers of Iron Maiden. Yep.
1: Uh, this this one's pretty easy to get hold of. It's on Steam, and you know, like it plays on pretty much everything. And yeah, like this is about the same time we did Half Life last year. So mm-hmm. we're moving backwards in terms of uh, in terms of influential shooters. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I'm excited about this too.
0: Yeah, and and we can even. I still feel like there's room to eventually do like a 2.5D. Mm -hmm. shooter like we could do like a duke nukem 3d or a Mm -hmm. rise of the triad or something because those games are really interesting Mm -hmm. um but doom 2 like i love and it's just going to feel good and it's like i can talk about you know influential Mm -hmm. um that's about as influential as it gets um after that
1: after that gary we are doing the king of dragon pass yeah you you demanded it something (laughs) awful threat
0: demanded it um it was on our it's been on our radar for a long time yeah um but everyone said things about it that makes us really want to play it mm-hmm. uh that game has a lot of game book choose your own adventure elements so cole and i will likely have very different experiences mm-hmm. during it so it'll be a little bit like we've done some games like that before in the past it'll be a little bit like a book report style yeah like we'll talk about the generalities but we'll talk to each other about what happened in our games mm-hmm. um we have most of our fall planned yeah yeah Yep. but um that that's all we're ready to announce now and uh very excited about all that jazz yeah um what i'm also excited about is we recently restructured our patreon oh yeah tears and kind of like the most vivacious addition to that <laughs> is that if you donate to our patreon at uh what level is it two dollars or above yeah you you have access to our slack channel mm-hmm. and that has turned out to be it's funny because the the homepage of slack is like you will never be more productive <laughs> um, not the case nope. like we, we're just is just an idiot chat room full of gifts but like it is very fun to have a message board where we can make our own emotes. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is a real good, fun time. Yeah. And, and a very lively community so far.
1: I am super happy with, with the way that it's turned out. Like at the end of every day, I thank everybody for being cool. Yeah, <laughs> like whenever you put this kind of community out there, there's a chance for bad actors. But like we have people who have these weird just kind of like expertises and, you know, mm-hmm. knowledge and people who are talking about things they're passionate about requesting channels. Like we have a channel for sharing steam keys and we have a channel for uh, arranging co-op kind of sessions and channels for mm-hmm. each of the shows. But like this has been an amazing addition to the network. And we're only like a weekend.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, on the plus side, like it can just get better and bigger. We could also get some bad actors and, and have to learn how to deal with that. But for now, it's like very much the honeymoon yeah, phase. Exactly. And I, I'd recommend anybody who does not actually donate to our Patreon, this this would be something that would, if I wasn't part of the network, <laughs> like this would get me to want to do it because yeah. it's pretty cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and there's some there are some other new tiers there like uh if you are a fan of the Abject Suffering show, uh there is a way for us the Abject Suffering show. Uh, there's, yeah, uh, there's there's yeah, a the, way the, the, to, yeah, there's a way to get an extra episode of that per month that is uh voted on by the community actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and and other people will be able to get it but they'll
0: have to pay. Yes. So this is a a way to get that for free. So if it's saying you're going to get anyway um, you know, you're saving yourself some money. Yeah. And there's also a way to get uh, your game picked mm-hmm. through a raffle.
1: All the details are at patreon.com forward slash It's a pretty major restructure. Yeah. And thank you, everybody, for kind of like following along with that. And the response has been positive. Whenever you make a change to something like that, there's a potential that we could have done it wrong. Um, mm-hmm. If you have any questions or you feel kind of miffed that we made those changes, let us know and we'll do what we can to make it right.
0: And uh, as kind of a, another thing on that news, um, we just did our last milestone goal. Mm-hmm. to share that which means we're doing a second live show mm-hmm. um so we're not gonna again every single week between now and like the <laughs> ones we have planned we're not gonna talk about them but we have those two things in fall the uh the bonfireside side chat and the watch over fireballs the portland mm-hmm. retro gaming expo in 2016 we are going to go easterly and do a convention appearance there yep um and this allows us to afford that yes so details will will come out as they get hammered down mm-hmm. um you know a lot of conventions aren't scheduling for 2016 right now, mm-hmm. uh, but we have something in mind and we're really looking forward to it and yep. want to get out to more places
1: Agreed. physically. Yeah. And we appreciate everybody's support who has, uh, you know, kind of gotten us to this point. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think, uh, I think that's probably good. Yeah. The Facebook page is still active and lively. Like just because yep. the Slack is there. um, Don't uh, forget the Facebook thing. That still shows support um, along with uh, uh, iTunes ratings and reviews.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and telling friends. Yeah. blogging it twittering it um yeah and so until next time what should they watch out for cole
1: they should watch out for anubis they know what i mean
0: yeah yeah, exactly doesn't it just sound cool i know right um yeah i i his power must be gargantuan <laughs> usually listen to bonfireside chat. Listen to the beginning of the one on Sunday.
1: Secrets.